0: The one that uh the one that it found is. us through Audible was like, yeah, it's like I just i was just googling chaos magic and I found you guys and I'm like, and you stayed? <laughs> Shit <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's good. In the first Aeon I was the great spirit. In the second Aeon, men knew me as the holy God. Pangenitor, Pan Phage. In the third Aeon, I was the dark one the devil. In the fourth aeon men knew me not, for I am the hidden one. In the fifth aeon I appear before you as Baphomet, the god before all gods who shall endure to the end of the earth. In this new aeon I appear to you as C.M. Imagine that there is a brilliant white light just above. Is commentary on the magic art. In the year of the primal and the dawn of terrestrial birth. Oh, that was
2: very educational.
1: Now magic will take place. Don't be fooled by what I just said.
2: Welcome, welcome, everyone. This is Chaos Magic News, the old E of podcasting. Shout out to Coco and the Discord for that. That was, that was the best one we've gotten yet. And we've been thinking of him for God knows how long. I'm Satanic Magister Kennedy. Joining me today is my comedic and indulgent co-host, Gorge Carlin. <laughs> how, how you doing, Gorge?
0: I guess that's my name this week.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. It's a terrible name, but I got to explain it. It was... um. I was on Spotify looking for uh, stand-up from them and someone, they had taken it all down except for like one album. I guess there's some weird legal thing about it, but they had to get around it. They had misspelled George as Gorge. And I'm like, Gorge Carlin, that's a name. And I knew if I told you beforehand, you'd say, no, that's stupid.
0: No, it works. Uh, it's, it is kind of, funny because it's like uh, if you've ever seen pirated TV shows on YouTube where they'll do something where they'll edit like one part of the screen to throw off the copyright detection machine or whatever.
2: Yeah, I watched all of Homicide Life on the streets like that. In fact, I didn't even realize what was wrong with it until I saw like a piece of paper and like, oh, it's backwards. Okay, I get it. All right.
0: With that said, we are going to introduce our special guest for this episode. Um... You know, I don't even know how to say, Louie is here with us. Louie, how you doing?
3: I'm doing swell. I appreciate you asking. It's very considerate of you. <laughs> how are you? How are, oh, how are both of you gentlemen?
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. I, normally when we have somebody on, there seems to be sort of a logic to it where it's like, oh, they, they run their own page or, you know, uh, like when we had Matt on, you know, we've kind of known Matt for a hot minute now. This was just like, you hit me up and... We kind of just—it just chemistry was right there. I was like, "All right, yeah, hey, you want to be on an episode? This this would be perfect. You seem like a funny guy."
3: Well, I guess uh, funny recognizes funny, so it was it yeah. was it was a pleasure crossing paths with you, and uh, it's an honor to be here.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's an honor to be here. Oh man! By the by, the end of this, he's just going to be thinking this is the worst decision I've made all week. I was having a great time. <laughs>
3: Well, in that case, uh, I'll change my verbiage to it's been a pleasure
2: serving with you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. Um, So intro topic, what do you got for us, co-host?
0: This week, I wanted to start with um, a really simple but a really important topic when it comes to where you're at on your particular spiritual, magical journey. I reread Carlos Castaneda's Journey to East and... It's my favorite book as far as the Don Juan series and stuff, but the ending is uh, one of the characters relating this metaphorical story of when they encounter the ally, and the ally (coughs) wings them off far from their hometown, and they say when... They get when they realize that they've been taken so far away. They start trying to go home, but the world has been com- The world has become completely different for them. They describe nothing seeming real or nothing seeming the way it was before. And then he ultimately says, "I never made it back to East Lawn. I never made it back to my hometown. I'm still trying to get back there." And it's about the idea that at a certain point you cross this threshold and the world that you started in that worldview that you held on to of this is how the universe operates you as much as you try to get back to it you won't and you have just you have to accept that you're now in this different magical world and i think we all have moments like that plus louis told me a a great story about one of his moments (laughs) and i was like you should just say this on the show (laughs) (laughs) i will uh, you know I, I i wonder
3: if if that pursuit ever yields to any like i guess reflection on why you would be trying to go back to that like is it is it just because it's familiar is it because it's comfortable what is it like it, like after after having such a hard time trying to go back to it wouldn't you eventually be like why am i trying to do this anyway
0: you know i think a lot of it has to do with the idea of when you, when you accept-, accept certain things as givens in your life, right? There's that pattern, there's that routine, there's that predictability of like, these are the things that I can hang my hat on. You you want to be able to wake up in the, di- in the morning and know that the sun is going to be there or that you're, you know, like, example, you wake up in the morning to go to work. You want, you take for granted that your car is going to start. You take for granted that the coffee maker was set and that you're going to have, mm-hmm. and it's just not having those things can kind of fuck you up. And- accepting a certain groundlessness that comes with, uh, knowing that reality isn't nearly as solid as you previously thought can be really, uh, it can be scary, I guess.
3: I guess it also forces you to like, think about which aspects of that, you know, which familiar aspects or which aspects of a routine are actually valuable and which ones are just like, you could live with dropping kind of thing.
0: To another extent, it's, uh, it's the Buddhist attachment thing, right? Where if you're enlightened, you should be able to, you know, you literally won't want anything. And then there's part of you who's like, wait, if I don't want anything, that, does, that means I don't really have anything either. And I know that's really reductionist, but like, you know. There's some truth in it.
2: Monks don't have girlfriends, you know what I mean? Right. Well, all the, the lame ones don't. Freaking Padma and Baba had like two of them just dead silence after that one. Okay, fine. I'll take I'm
0: it. Just, I don't have a
1: good follow up. <laughs>
2: I, I, I muted like, my
3: microphone because there's like sirens in the background. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. It was a potent remark.
2: <laughs> no. Um, well, the other thing I actually wanted to bring up just related to that was because um, Louie and I had a brief exchange on nostalgia earlier too. And I think there's something to that as well. There's, we have just sort of a natural yearning to go back to the way things were, whether it's a, a good thing or a bad thing. There's always that sort of urge to be like, you know, things were like this. I kind of like that. It's comfortable. I understand it. And even if it's just sort of a marching against the procession of time kind of thing where it's like, well, everything else has changed. Couldn't I just go back to, can't I just have one thing that goes back to it? Can't every moment not be filled with significance and magic for, like, five minutes, maybe, please.
3: Believe it or not, I frequent malls, so, which, like, seems like a place that you would want <laughs> to avoid. But but
2: <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> the reason I do it, um, I never really understood the reason I do it until I had a friend of mine who's, like, kind of a little bit of a mentor in this esoteric realm of things, um, tell me that, to his understanding, it's, like, kind of a dead zone for energies so like i realized you know what maybe the reason i find comfort going there is because like it's the one moment i get to take a break from perceiving things <laughs> but um similar with nostalgia like it's there's definitely a comfort element there to it there but like in i'm an indulgent bastard so <laughs> you know when it when it gets out of hand for me it becomes like uh it enables my escapism so i try to keep that in check but
2: uh yeah i mean I, i'm the same way and i think In fact, I had to wrestle with a moment of that this week in the, in the magical sense where I had work that I needed to get done and things that are like, I have to do this. And I instead spent about like an hour and a half watching a YouTube channel that like stopped putting out regular content years ago called five second films. And I remember distinctly sitting there, like, watching this and being like, oh, man, I haven't seen these in years. And it's it's like the perfect nostalgia bait, too, because, you know, like the title says, they put up videos that were just, like, little five-second clips that were all funny. So you can huh. watch, like, 45 of them and spend no time, quote-unquote. But, you know, it's like it's like TikTok, you know? You just sit there and just keep binging them forever, and you realize, oh, God, it's been, like, an hour and a half of just watching nothing when you have stuff you're actually supposed to be doing clock is ticking eclipse yeah. is getting closer and closer
0: well not to ruin it for you either but they just started putting stuff up again
2: so <laughs> i know that's that's kind of Time what led me to it marches
0: on <laughs>
2: <laughs> um so as far as the actual threshold moments um i guess louis you want to take us away with that story first
3: yeah sure i i guess there's a little bit of background um i've been into i don't know concepts surrounding consciousness mostly like i guess for lack of a better term just spirituality in general for a while and i had a friend of mine that i met through at this point my ex-girlfriend's best friend's best friend and you know i i've met a lot of people in that era of my life but i've you know you take the, the cream of the crop from all of these different groups that you uh, end up associating with over time, and you, you take your favorites, and those become your consolidated little network, and he's in mine. My ex-girlfriend's best friend, who was the connective tissue between me and this this, this guy that I consider to be somewhat of a mentor, he's, he's not much older than me. I'm 30, he's like 34, something like that, but he's been involved in magic for a little bit, lo- like not as long as I've been involved in spirituality, but but you know somewhere along the line, basically. So it's been years, a few years now. My ex girlfriend's best friend was a skeptic, and he mentioned that he was like, "Oh, you know, Josh does magic," and I was like, "What? What do you mean? Like he pulls rabbits out of a hat? Like what? <laughs> he's like, no, he's like, no, no, like he puts on black robes and like does rituals and stuff, like and and." not to sell him short like he's not like he doesn't do it for the aesthetic this is just like a skeptic's perception of of like what that is you know right? I mean? yeah, yeah um <laughs> um so i I, st- I looked at him a little bit differently i always knew that i would that i got along with him for some reason like because we're both in tune kind of thing and that's that's why we got along but i looked at him a little bit differently then like i started to talk to him about some of that and realized that we were tapping into the same thing and he was not as familiar with the the end of it that i was which was like primarily meditation and transcendentalism kind of stuff um he was more familiar with like esoterica in the sense of like western occultism i guess
0: okay it's always interesting how you meet people that are you know i think i said something about it not too long ago where it's you can sort of get a feel when somebody is about it, about it, for lack of a better word. Even mm-hmm. if they're on a completely different end of the spectrum, or a different yes. tradition, or something like that, you can tell. It's like this person's got some of it, and they might not know. Then, like, like I said, you try to talk to them, like so, transcendental meditation, right? And you're like, I have no idea. Hold on, I gotta wave this sword around real quick.
3: Yeah, but 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 they do know. You know, it's yeah. just like it's just different buzzwords, right? We're all tapping into the same thing, and it's absolutely correct that you do know when someone's bad about it. I used to work at the bank. And a woman walked into the bank, and out of all, like, there's, you know, a dozen people standing in there, and she, like, sussed me out immediately and came and sat down at my desk and asked me a couple preliminary questions for her own sake before she, you know, opened the floodgate and spilled the beans kind of thing, just, like, to see what I would answer, <laughs> and I answered the way you know, I answered the way that she was hoping, that she suspected I might, and then she started spilling the beans kind of thing, but it's funny how, like, you could walk into a uh, an occupied room and s- kind of like smell out like the people that are that are of that nature kind of thing. So, like I, I had already known he was about it, about it i just didn't you know ever say it out loud because like <laughs> there's there's something there's a power of where you know this stuff is not a party trick right like so you want to be like selective about who you discuss it with because you might end up being branded as a weirdo or like you know there's something i don't feel right when i wear yeah. it on my sleeve so i want to make sure i'm in good company before you, i start talking you
2: don't about want it. the wizard uh, radar to go off on the wrong person you know it's, yeah. i've 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 unfortunately been in that situation before um not super deep, but I remember um I was um I was at work and I saw this guy with a like an I Ching tattoo and I just very like briefly looked at him. Is that a fucking I Ching tattoo? And he's like, no, oh no, this is from uh, uh um, G.I. Joe. It's the the snake eyes thing. And I was like, oh yeah. thank God. <laughs> that almost is bad. Oh, oh
0: man. I, I've got the opposite end of that because uh one of the the many tattoos I have is uh, the hermetic s- squared circle type thing, right? And, and uh, very, very bad tattoo to have because Teal Swans UFO cult uses it. But the other problem is that it looks very similar to the Harry Potter Deathly Hallows. Yes, it
3: does. <laughs> you already knew uh, where it was going. Honestly, so. having to have that conversation so many times is probably worse than somebody knowing what it actually is. It's like, oh, you're really into well, Harry Potter too, huh? It's like, oh, Jesus, Jesus I'm just trying me- to get a coffee.
0: <laughs> It'd be different if I knew anything about Harry Potter, but I know, like, I know he's got a lightning bolt scar and... That's about it. Uh, it,
3: it was entertaining, but like I never watched it a second time. And, uh, and the people who are like super into it are very, very into it. Get like immediate hard on, like, yeah. oh wow, you 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 would tattoo that on yourself, also? Wow, like I would love to talk about this with you. My uh,
2: my my beloved has a, a Harry Potter Deathly Hallows tattoo. So nothing wrong I, with it. I'm I, not even no knocking no no. It. I'm just saying I understand the personality type entirely. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: um, anyway, uh, oh man. Oh. Anyway
3: your story right Right, right, right. so so um i don't remember how i started talking to him about it but we quickly you know as you do realize that we were tapping into the same thing and we kind of learned a little bit from each other because he wasn't that familiar with transcendentalism i don't know what what opened the floodgate for him initially uh into his side of things but um and i wasn't too familiar with what he was doing, so we so i so we just kind of opened opened the line of communication and started speaking openly about it and um he was not super verbose or clear about his explanations. he kind of like spoke he did not break it down in like layman's terms like he would speak from From a perspective of being like deeply entrenched in it. And a lot of times I would have to stop him and be like, dude, like, I know what you're, I know that you, whatever you're trying to say is something that makes sense, but like the shorthand (laughs) speaking and the, and the buzzwords is like, just don't make me Google it because you know you're not going to find anything particularly informative when you Google buzzwords about (laughs) chaos magic. Like, (laughs) either that or you're going to fall down a rabbit hole and get the wrong impression. Like, I, especially like, it's hard to find reliable sources about this stuff because so much of it is laughed at as like quackery or whatever. You don't really know, you know, what is a reliable source. Who's trying to sell something? Who's doing it just for an aesthetic? I even went to Barnes and Noble recently, and there's like hardcover books with like Harry Potter looking art on the front about like how to use pendulums and stuff. So oh like,
1: God! Yeah.
3: Yeah, and, like, so, and <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with trying to make a living off of it. But like, it's it's hard to find good like reliable sources other than through trial and error. So he was actually a huge. Tool for me for like passing along what he considered to be reliable sources or, or people worth listening to kind of thing, and he ended up pointing me in the direction of Josephine McCarthy's Queria, which is uh, a something that I'm a major proponent of. I have not completed it, um, so you know, don't let me speak out of my ass here. But um, but huge Josephine McCarthy fan, and he pointed me in the direction of like Gordon White and a few other people, and from there that was like my ability to further go down the rabbit hole but before i really understood what was going on he sent me some pictures he just texted me pictures of the book uh, of an open book uh like eight different pictures something like that a part of chaos protocols by gordon white which um does not have as many rituals in it as i thought i thought it was like a book full of rituals but it's like it's a, a lot of common great book by the way it's a lot of commentary, and then there's a handful of rituals in there. And then he kind of puts in, in, he's got a good sense of humor, but he's also very direct. So he puts in like pretty good humorous layman's terms, like what, you know, what'll happen after this kind of thing. But I didn't really know what it was that I was getting into. I was curious to explore it. So I have a little Jedi robe. I put my Jedi robe on. Um, it's a <laughs> bathrobe. It's very, very soft.
0: <laughs> but, but does it have a hood?
3: It does have a hood.
0: Okay, you're good then.
3: Yeah, and it's got the the Jedi symbol in the front. Um,
0: oh, got it. Oh, you're not even joking. It's a Jedi robe. <laughs> no, it's an actual.
3: Yeah, yeah. I saw it uh, when I first got a real job. I I was irresponsible with my money, and I was like, "Wow, what, what would what would I get if I was like a 40 year old child?" And you know, as a 23 year old with a real job, and I got a bunch of that stuff, and one of them was a Jedi robe and a Sith robe. So when I have people over, if like they're chilly, yeah, if they're chilly, they get the Sith robe. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I I put that on, and I took I took my phone outside and and performed the the headless rite as it as it was in the Chaos Protocols, uh, which is pretty similar to the way that it is in the PGM, with some minor differences. But to my understanding, like not particularly transmuted in many ways pretty close to, to to the original
0: script much closer to the original
2: than say Alistair Crowley yeah, right? yeah it's, it's, it's Mac- mcgregor Mathers thing yeah it's it's way closer than those
3: yeah i i i would not have performed the bornless right off the bat probably just cuz like i don't i don't know i guess i was a little bit more familiar with Crowley, and maybe that's like a little spookier for me. But I'm sure that that version works well too. But I would rather like if these things are mutable and and changeable based on you and and what works for you. Then like I I would rather take the base model and figure out what I should alter for myself from there. If I even need to, I'm not going to go out on a quest to alter it. But like if there's something that works for me, I'd rather find it from the base model than from somebody else's uh, yeah. altered altered thing. So, uh, but not that I even had the choice. I mean, somebody I didn't even know what the fuck this was or, or, or where it came from. Like, so I just, you know, it was just, it was, for me, it was just pictures on my phone and I was like, oh, that's cool. I could do that, go outside and be like dramatically read this with intent and, and like something will happen. Okay. Well, I got nothing better going on. Let's, <laughs> let's see, like, let's see what happens.
2: Ah, uh, Perfect.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So So, um, and very, very, you know, I don't want to talk myself up or anything, but like very in tune with like, like synchronistic, like, I don't know, intentionism kind of thing to begin with. So I just figured how, you know, if this is going to plus that up in some way, whether or not I understand it, like, it's worth a shot. So I went outside into my driveway and, uh, in suburbia. Hoping that nobody was, you know, fucking looking out the window, like, <laughs> you know, like who's this wacko in a robe? Like, I, they know who I am, but which probably makes it worse because it's like, you know. You're exchanging waves, you know, during the day, and then at night, like he's outside in a robe oh. doing fucking chanting. <laughs> no, no, no,
2: dude, <laughs> I, I gotta tell you this. because like, I I used to live in an apartment that was um on a second floor, and it had a balcony, and um I lived next door to a cop, and then next to them was just some random oh, guy that was like. Never home, but whenever he was home, he just happened to be there whenever I was doing spooky woo-woo shit on my balcony. I remember distinctly doing... One time I did the Mass of the Phoenix, and I don't know why I was in in my zone, but I was being particularly loud about it. And I remember the cop (laughs) sticking his head out of his sliding glass door, looking over at me while I was, like, cutting my chest and stuff. And he just looks... And then just slowly went back in.
3: That's hilarious. I was dude. like,
2: "Oh man!" I was like, "It, it was one of the like." You know what? At least for once in my life, the cop is slowly backing away from me instead of the other way around.
3: Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> honestly, yeah. I would have never expected that. It's just hilarious that it would be somebody that's like uh, so tamed, so tamed by like society's cultural values. Right. Exactly. Like, all people. It was. It was one of those.
0: He was thinking. It, it ain't my shift. I don't give a shit. I'm going back. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, I guess that's uh, nobody else's rights being violated, yeah. and probably some shit that you don't want to get involved with. That's hilarious. All right, yeah. Keep going. So, so that that's that's the vibe that I was thinking. Like, I'm praying nobody looks out the looks out the window and sees me doing this shit because, like, tomorrow I'm, they're not going to wave back. Kind of thing. <laughs> not that I care too much, but you know. Not the kind of thing you want. You want people who you know would get the wrong impression to witness.
0: Well, I'm not getting invited to the barbecue now. <laughs> yeah,
3: right. Exactly. Yeah. there goes my cookout invite. I went out. To, I don't remember if I poured the rum and all that stuff too. I, I imagine I probably, I probably did. And I performed the whole thing w- with with intent. I had to pull out. It was honestly, it kind of ruined the flow because I had to flip back and forth between one of those apps that tells you where the stars are, so that I could make sure I was pointing the right direction. <clears throat> And then flipping back to the pictures that he sent me, but ultimately I I, I did it and it it worked. And, you know, I, I can't explain how it worked because then I'll just sound like a madman, but it worked in a palpable fashion that I was able to detect with, you know, something beyond my five senses, right? I walked back into my house and my cat's... Who are very friendly cats. Like, uh, I was never a cat person, but, you know, one day a kitten was meowing at me incessantly, and I was like, I guess I'm a cat person now. You know, this cat seems (laughs) hungry, you're coming home with me, and we're buddies now, kind of thing. So, um, he, he, yeah, yeah, he's he's a good boy. Um... So I I never understood. I I was never not like against cats. I just didn't understand that they're like derpy apex predators that are like roommates with you kind of thing. Um, So so I brought him home and he's didn't learn how to cat from cats. He learned how to cat from my dog. So like when I come home, he rolls over on his back with his stomach up and waits for me to pawn his stomach. Um, So so like that's the kind of cat that he is like he's like if I sit down on the couch, he comes over and sits down next to me and rubs all up on me and shit. So. For me to come inside and have him stand up, jolt his neck back, and look at me like I had five heads, I was like, that's interesting. He doesn't do that with me <laughs> ever. <laughs> like, n- not sometimes, not ever. And the, the other cat, also similar demeanor, did the same thing. And they're watching me as I'm standing in the doorway. And I couldn't tell if he was looking at me like I had five heads or if there was something standing behind me. With or no if I head. had. Yeah, or yeah, with no heads, right? Or 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 quite literally, I think the depiction of it um, has has like those five flags or whatever. So you know, uh,
0: yeah, yeah.
3: I, I meant I meant it colloquially, but possibly <laughs> literally. Um,
0: <laughs> but essentially, a there was behavior that would indicate a a presence or an alt, either an altered state in you or something that you drug in with you.
3: Correct. Something, something, behind me you know with me kind of thing or maybe I had taken on some other form that they can see that I you know I can't and I I know that they could see shit I've seen them do weird shit that's like inexplicable their spidey sense is probably naturally stronger than my own because they don't have a whole cultural upbringing that they're working against (laughs) Um.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was I mean I was talking Carlos Castaneda earlier but like you're (laughs) shit okay Again, that's one of the the, I guess the synchronistic things where it talks about the the big problem is having to stop the world and because the world that you get is this, what whatever the word is, it's that indoctrination into a particular worldview that holds up everything. So when you have a perception that goes against that, you block it out or you try to rationalize it really quickly. Yes. So, stop yeah, saying I world. I'm going to start
2: talking Heidegger at you. <laughs> Okay. Okay. But, well,
3: well I, I guess luckily for me, I I've always had a problem with like authority and bureaucracy, um, especially unchecked. So like, I didn't I didn't really have too much like cognitive dissonance struggle about bucking the status quo. So so I I but but you know again, it's easier to make the jump from like cultural suppression of these things to transcendentalism than it is to you know putting on a robe and speaking a language that you don't even know what it means <laughs> kind of thing right, right. um so yeah these these cats instead of you know rolling over on their backs and putting their stomachs out for me literally like jolted out of the room and i was like uh, as soon as i took a second step forward from the doorway they were like out bolted and i was yeah. like that's that's strange so i went i went to the to the next room that they had gone in and i turned the light on and they were both like standing there again like cartoonishly like with their legs straight down but their torso like diagonally away from me like with their with their neck like double chin style like what the fuck that's when i realized i was like i i you know i don't really know what i just did like i i don't really know what i welcomed into my life i i i I hopefully it wasn't a mistake but like clearly it it had a palpable tangible effect this is
2: doing some shit
3: It worked. I
2: knew that part of
3: the catalyst and what getting what what got it to work was the fact that I did it with intent. I took it seriously and and, and did it with intent, not for the sake of theatrics, but like like truly...
2: Seeing if this is going to work. Like, I'm going to, in good faith, I think this yes, is going to exactly, work. Yes,
3: exactly, in good faith. Yep, that's what I was about to say. Correct. Yeah. So at no point did I have any doubts about like whether or not I was imagining what I was watching like my cats react to. My gut instinct was like to like, I, I shouldn't say my instinct, but, like, my reaction was to, like, let me go grab the pendulum and ask if I fucked up, which is, like, bad etiquette with a pendulum. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not supposed to use it as a crutch, in my opinion, or, like, or like use it to, like, coddle you. Like, oh, dear, is good things going to happen to me? Like, oh, is everything okay? Like, you know, kind of vibe. Like, I try not to ask it stuff like that because, like, I just feel like I shouldn't, and then the few times that I actually do it, like, it it tells you, like, you know, it, it doesn't give you a clear answer f- as far as the physical motion of it. Um, it's like, yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck kind of question is that, pal. Um, But but I, I think I, I was saying a co-host that, like, for me, at least, I, I, I don't like to speak prescriptively about how, whether or not this stuff applies to everybody else. I imagine it might, but for me... It's not just the motion of the pendulum that's the answer. The answer also lies in the thought that crosses my mind. Because, so for from, from, to my understanding, obviously, like when you're speaking to, I don't know whether it's a collective consciousness or one or, or an entity or maybe an ancestor that passed on, whatever it is, when you're speaking to them, they're not going to take some sort of like apparition form. And for me, what happens is like. I get an idea and I and I eventually recognize that not every single idea that crosses my mind comes from the same place that it feels like all my other thoughts come from. And it's hard to, like, train yourself to recognize which ones are your regular thoughts and which ones are planted there, basically. So, like, for me, that's the means of communication that I have with entities or ancestors or or larger consciousness or whatever it is. Um, It's it's like you have 70,000 thoughts a day, not every single one of them belongs to you you got <laughs> um, 72 camper, motherfuckers
2: cam- in your head louie that's what that shit is
3: <laughs> me, me and the voices <laughs> bottom no, text
2: <laughs> 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 no but you know, you're totally speaking my language that's like i that's i i couldn't say it better myself that's been my experience with dealing with whatever you want to call it, entities or what have you, particularly with Goetia and shit like that. That is like yes. my exact experience. It's... It's it's a very Goetic thing, yeah, for it, sure. It's the... Dis- you have to develop the discernment to figure out what is... That's a thought that it, I yes. would not normally have.
3: Um, that's, that's, that's the distinction that you have to train yourself to make. Like, first of all, if you can train your... Train yourself out of your cultural conditioning and even get that far. One of the biggest n- other obstacles that I would imagine most people come across, or at least one of the big ones for me, was like, when is this in my internal dialogue and when did somebody else put that thought there for me to examine?
0: Yeah, it's it's that thing about it's like scrying is like that or any sort of like trance state sort of thing. It's It's trying to make that distinction of when is this – imagination in the sense of I'm sitting here just thinking up stuff versus that I think I harp on a lot that Blake that William Blake Blakeian imagination being the divine faculty where it's like this is the means by which I'm able to reach out to something that is greater than me and have yeah. a, have something that is an interpretive ability the thing that lets me interpret these signals where it's either you either have to accept that there's something in you that's a lot bigger than you thought, or there's something out there that you're able to make contact with in a way that feels like it's in your head.
3: Yes. And, and, uh, if there's if there's utility in making that distinction, I will put effort into making it. But other than that, I I, I don't really care where it's coming from. I just know yeah, that it's not me. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, No, no. It's like it's an interesting like thing to muse upon. But like, uh, I if I'm struggling to find out which one it is, like it's just like I know it's something. That's all I need to know for now until it becomes more clear on its own. Especially if pushing there's, harder there's makes it more difficult the, uh, to determine.
0: But there's definitely the distinction that you can make between this is the the typical conscious mind thoughts that I have versus something else.
3: Yeah, yeah. That distinction comes a lot more naturally than like where is that other thought coming from? I, I still don't really always know the answer to that. I think that it depends on who or what I'm trying to communicate with. Um, I mean it's pretty clear when it's my ancestors. But like who knows even if it's like something else – you know, posing as an ancestor. I have no fucking clue. All I know is that it, it always gives me a factually correct answer, unless I ask something that's a little too vague or something like that, or something with bad etiquette, and then it tells me, you know, can't answer. But but to tie back into the pendulum thing, it's not just the motion of the pendulum for me, it's the idea that it plants in my head as the pendulum begins to move. So in this case, you know, I perform the headless right. I can feel that it did something. My cats, who are very friendly and love me very much, run from me like I'm a fucking monster. And then my gut you know, reaction is like, let me go ask the pendulum if I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious because I'm like... Now I'm communing with something that's probably in very much in the same realm of whatever I summoned. So it's like, why would I get any any extra consolation from something? It doesn't make any sense, you know.
0: Now it's the thing you it's the thing you called up, moving the pendulum. Yeah, you're fine. Bro. Yeah, exactly right. It's like,
3: oh no, dude, you're good. You're totally chill. Like, don't worry. Just like do whatever I you tell should, you. Yeah.
0: You should do more.
3: Yeah, do do that again, yeah. bro. I
2: swear, it's a different ritual this time. It's completely different. It's a
3: different one <laughs> please bro oh man please just do it please trust me bro source trust me um <laughs> so uh, so uh i i ran and grabbed the pendulum and uh, and um of course you know used it as a crutch which i try not to do i i i said out loud you know I, I i don't know maybe i got a little too big for my britches with my with my uh verboseness i don't know if that's a word but um I said, you know, taking into consideration the subjective meaning of the word right. Right off the bat, it's like, okay, this is too much conditions. Like, you know, but like too many conditions. But
0: uh, listen, legal eagle, I'm a pendulum. Come on.
3: Yeah, yeah, right. It's like, oh, holy shit. Come on, bro. I'm a pendulum. Like, re- let's relax. Let's dial it back. But no, I went, f- I went full, f- full uh, conditions. Taking into consideration the subjective meaning of the word right. Did I make the right decision just now, welcoming magic into my life? Because this is the this is the first thing that I had done of that nature, and the pendulum didn't move for a second. Then it started to move, and it became immediately clear that it was like going all different directions, kind of like um, a seismic a seismograph. Is that the is that the thing? The
2: earthquake thing? Yeah.
3: Yeah, it was doing. That, like, erratic level motion, but going no particular direction, like, going all, all different directions. And I was like, okay, that's not a maybe, that's a can't answer. But at the same time, the idea that it put in my head was quite literally like, come on, dude, what what kind of question is that? <laughs> like, 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 what, like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, like, you could do better than that kind of vibe. But I was like, okay, okay, shit, you're right, I, I, I shouldn't be using it this way. Internally, I guess... The, the final destination of that thought process, the, the, of the thought that it initially put in my head, knowing, I guess maybe it knew that I would follow that thought to the end of the thought process. My next thought was like, oh, okay, I see what it wants me to ask. Let me, let me ask the way that it wants me to ask, the way that I should have phrased the question. Is this something that was always part of my life and I merely opened the floodgate by performing a ritual? And immediately got a resounding yes. Ah. And, and for me, that was like c- kind of comforting because it's like at first I'm spooked. I'm just like I, I-, I wasn't worried that I like I wasn't going to get into heaven or anything like that. I was just like, <laughs> holy sh-, Like I, I <laughs> truly had no idea. I'm like, what did I just summon or what did I do? So like that's why I asked. But like it was a lot, com- it was a lot more comforting to hear. This, this kind of thing is something that you've always been familiar with, you've always been in tune with, you've always been subject to, and you merely just kind of like acknowledged it and opened the lines of communication so that it's, a, it's more of a two-way street kind of – or like a clearer you cleared the traffic and the highway kind of thing.
2: Yeah, you acknowledged Well,
0: it. We, we always say that one about uh, you're, you're going to do magic anyway, so you might as well do it intelligently.
3: yes. Intent with intent, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I, it's something I probably would have done forever, and, and would have worked not not always in my favor, but always at least if coupled with introspective analysis toward my growth. Um, either way, but uh, I'm I'm glad that that ended up happening the way that it did. But that was definitely my threshold crossing moment, yeah, where man. where I realized like there's really not going back from this. Not that I was ev- not that I ever had a choice to go back from it because I was in it anyway, but like. Really now, like, I'm like, all right, this is the the next realm that I explore that will contribute to my personal growth in a meaningful fashion beyond what I, not that I had reached nirvana or anything with transcendentalism, but this is another avenue. It's the moment
2: that you realize that you can't untake the hit of acid is what it is. Absolutely
3: not. Yeah. yeah. You're done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I had a a moment like that when I was 19 where, like, when I started meditating, I realized, I I stepped out. I meditated, and I'll, I'll hold off on this on that story because it ties into the uh, Satanism thing that co-host wanted to talk about.
2: Oh, sweet. Um,
3: loose, loosely, so I won't go into too much detail. But I had a moment there when I realized everything was connected, and then I started to understand how private and public authority are, are neither are more noble than the other, despite all of the uh, um, rhetoric about schools of thought on paper and, and reality, the applied reality, like it's all fucked. And I, and I actually I missed a couple college classes because I was having like an existential crisis <laughs> so like there was a th- there was a very real threshold there too that I passed and was never going to turn back from but like this this was like just just as uh, as uh, potent as that and was definitely like if there's two thresholds that I ever cross in my life that I'm never turning back from it was definitely that the 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 realize the unspoken weirdly enough unspoken untold realizations that you have. Just from from meditating and raising your awareness that just – it's like uh, it just absorbs into your brain through osmosis or something. I have no fucking clue how that happened. And then this other moment where I, I performed a ritual that I had no idea what the fuck was going on, <laughs> and
2: it turned out to work really well. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you for sharing that. That's fucking awesome. That's one of the better stories I've heard. Well, I guess in that case, uh, co-host, do you have a story do you want to tell real quick since we've already gone – I mean, not that I'm concerned about it, but we went long on that one and it was worth every moment of it. So if you got a quick one you want to tell, go for it.
0: Um, Yeah, I guess in the interest of uh, doing like a short one, I'd I'd always been very into like the sort of consciousness alteration sort of thing. And for a while I was like a psych model magician where I was just like, no, magic is like just making stuff happen in your head. And it was the first time I did the, the Lieber K stuff where I, this was like the first time where I I failed. I did not make it through that really in the early stuff where it was like, all right, uh, do sorcery. Uh, it was like, it was the sorcery section. So that's when you're doing like sympathetic magic, essentially where you're doing like, make a model of something or find something that physically represents what you're doing and then do something to it like that sort of stuff. And I'm just like, all right, you know what, let's, let's try it. And, um, It was back when I worked a, a much more menial job than I have now. And I just didn't want to, I didn't want to have to deal with phone calls. And I was just like, I don't don't have to deal with, I don't want to have to pick up a phone. I don't want to talk to anybody today. I don't want to do any of this shit. So I literally like made a representation of the phone. Like I made like a little curly cord phone thing and I, uh, I, I snipped the cord and I, I go into work and it's like, Hey, our, Our phones are down. I don't know what we're going to do. And I was like, it can't be that easy. It cannot, it cannot be that fucking simple. And it was one of those where it's like, that was a a concrete, I didn't want to do this. I'm doing my, I'm taking my magical spooky woo-woo intent and then going, bam, I don't want to deal with this. And it worked. And I, you know, the only, the only thing I had to worry about after that was everybody wondering why I was smiling so weird the rest of the day. Not bad. Not bad. But it was that was uh, definitely one of those things where I I had to stop and go. Uh, okay, I, I I'd already taken like I'd already thought like all right, the way that I think about reality is really malleable, and then it's like, oh, you can do shit and have shit happen. That's. You you feel like a big shot. You think you're gonna. I I, I was already thinking like, all right, James Randy, I'm coming for you. You better have that <laughs> thousand. You better have that million dollars for me.
3: <laughs> I mean, it's not always a purely ego thing, too. Like uh, like there is that element, but like, but like it's just exciting to to get confirmation of something that you've already been uh, toying with for for a while. I, I like that idea that you, of of like your reality being malleable in your mind, kind of thing. Like, I feel like that's definitely. Uh, I don't want to speak as if it's a causality, but it's definitely a canary in the coal mine for whether or not you're susceptible or, or, or a good, you know, have a good antenna for this stuff.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. yeah. I mean, I, I feel like most of us actually kind of get our start in the idea of, well, I mean, because let's be honest, like, how many people come to magic and occultism and the esotericism side of things from just a general counterculture sentiment? or an anti authoritary uh, sentiment. Just the once you start questioning the ideas of culture and prescribed consensus reality and your own conditioning, it doesn't it makes it a lot easier to decide that like you know what? Maybe they're you know, they've been telling me magic isn't real my whole fucking life too. So that's maybe those folks are I was wrong go
0: too. It's like, man, they were lying about everything else. They're probably lying about magic too. <laughs> Shit. And they are.
2: They're fucking lying. <laughs> uh, and,
3: and a lot of them, I probably don't even realize. Your third grade teacher with Puritan values probably doesn't realize necessarily, you know, not, not actually like necessarily Christian values, but like Puritan influence values just as a result of being where we are for you know, uh, a hundred, 200 years or whatever, Oh yeah. Pro- probably doesn't realize exactly what they're suppressing it. You know, maybe it came from beyond that, or maybe even comes from a lack of, maybe it even comes from a place of ignorance. Like, I don't know what this is. It's not, but it's not the the light and the truth that I know. So, so it gets suppressed kind of thing. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's funny how insidious the suppression is, regardless of whether or not the, the, the awareness of exactly what it is that they're suppressing is there. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, no, I am I completely agree with that.
0: I think that's why a large portion of these more conspiratorial models of the world rely on things like Illuminati and, like, Archons, like, where it's like, oh, there has to be some evil big bad that's keeping it because, like, you know, my third grade teacher isn't evil. They're not, like, lying about the truth to me. They're just, they can't see it. They, they can't, can't yeah, see They believe avail. it. <laughs> so they got to...
2: The idea that they just are ignorant and have no clue what's actually going on is just so ridiculous. Because all my teachers were such smart people that knew about so much. <laughs> well, Obviously, <it's> like- <laughs> if they knew the truth, they would tell me. All right, like- <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs>
0: just, just saying, clearly, the answer is that there's a there's a giant evil tentacled boogaboo at the end of reality controlling all of us.
2: Just because we talked about the uh, the idea of discerning voices and the, um, the confirmation. I wasn't going to tell this one, but I'll very quickly tell this story and then we'll get onto the news. Co-host and I were living in an apartment together along with our girlfriends. And co-host was at work, I think. I'm, I don't remember. They weren't there. Co-host, girlfriend, my girlfriend, and I were all at the apartment. And I had locked myself in my bedroom doing various ritual sorts of things. I won't go into the specifics of it because it's not super important. The important part is I had an experience in a particular, um, you can call it an internal landscape. You can call it an astral plane, whatever you want to call it, but it's a recurring theme in my work. It's the desert. I was in the desert as it were, and an entity appeared to me, told me its name was Gazu, and it was a big black fucking eagle. And it told me all sorts of things, just very ridiculous kind of things that challenged my worldview, challenged what I thought about magic, challenged what I thought about philosophy, all of these sorts of things. And it was a very powerful experience. I finished up and I was really shaken by it. And that voice that uh, tells you that you can just go back to the way things were that we were talking about earlier, really wanted to shake this one. So I uh, went over to our little house altar that we had set up in the living room. Co-host girlfriend and my girlfriend were sitting on the couch and doing stuff. I sat down, lit a candle and I burned some incense and they're like, what are you doing? Like, I am going to prove to myself that this is some hokum. I turned my back to them. I made sure I wasn't giving any sort of indication about like anything with my face. And I started asking the two of them questions. Like, is there an entity in this room with us right now? they both said yes immediately keep in mind these are two people that are not magically inclined at all like you know again yeah, my girl really loves Harry Potter but she's not like actually in she's not about it, about it right
0: was this I'm sorry was this M or K this was M because okay, K couldn't stand you
2: I know yeah she tr- threatened to call the cops on me
0: oh that's another story
2: <laughs> I told uh, like her
3: they that- could, like, they, like they could stop this
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> good luck guys <laughs> what, what are you even gonna charge me with? <laughs> Putting a robe on?
2: Breaking the laws of nature. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, um, so I, I asked them then I started asking questions about its qualities. Keep in mind, as I was doing this, Gazu, this big black eagle entity, is telling me the answers. And I'm sitting there with my back to them, not giving any kind of indication, not moving, just asking questions. And I was like, mm. what's its planetary aspect? They both answered Jupiter, which was the right answer. I'm like, holy fuck, um, you know, what element is it? He's like, air, I'm like, fuck. And I just went on for about five or six questions to the point that I'm like, oh shit, this is real. And even the people that don't believe in magic are telling me so. So
3: do do you think that, I don't mean to interrupt, but do you think that, that Geyser was just so powerful that it, it was, that it's, that it was able to plant those thoughts into somebody else's head despite the fact that they're not necessarily and i don't want to say that they're not in tune with it because we don't well i mean you would know better than i would but we don't know for sure that they're not in tune with it but they're certainly not exploring that realm of things right like was was this just an indication or, or a message possibly from guys to you it's like i could plant these these thoughts in, in the heads of people that you wouldn't even think would oh, be susceptible no to yeah this that's
2: exactly thing. what it was because it was mocking me. That was the whole point yeah, yes, of this. That's, that yeah, was that's, exactly it, what this was. Laughing at you. Yeah, yeah, that was it. was like, you, that was like said, because I had the thought that like, I'm going to prove to myself that this is bullshit and I'm just oh, having a- That's my favorite I'm having part. a wonderful little like, I'm having a good little psychic escapade into my internal landscape or whatever, that this is all just, this is all just Jungian active imagination or this is all <laughs> a symbolic <laughs> thing of my mind. And then this was Gazu telling me flat out like, no, You're going to have to deal with this because I'm going to show you that this is happening and you can argue about it all you want. It's like, look, and (coughs) and then
0: after. Basically, it. If you had kept denying it, you know he could have thrown something across the room like a poltergeist. Well, you know it's he, like you know, it's just, he did what later ex- is oh. the
2: problem too. <laughs> <laughs> he made the yeah, fucking well. altar tip over, and I had to pick it all up afterwards. Well, so.
3: you know maybe those maybe maybe your the, the press X to doubt was a little bit insulting or something. <laughs> it was, those, but like I, that's my favorite part about about this stuff is like, I'm lucky I have a sense of humor because like I love when the jesters laugh at me, and you can you know when the jesters are laughing and well, and like this is definitely one of those moments I, I My, love you want to
2: know the real fucked up jester laugh part i gotta tell you then yeah he gave me a word right mm-hmm. and it was zam z-a-m and he he said <laughs> it and he spelled it out in um fucking um uh hebrew you know it was like Zayn Aleph mem and i was like he's like this is going to be very important to you later and about three weeks later by pure chance, I was watching The Flintstones, right? Uh-huh. And um I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a as, character as one as
3: one, does, as as one, one does. does.
2: There's a there's a there's a um <laughs> an, a character <laughs> in the later episodes of The Flintstones named Gazoo.
3: Uh-huh.
2: The <laughs> and, great Gazoo. <laughs> and Gazoo got sent to the planet Earth for destroying his home planet in one big zam, as he called it. It was like bam over oh, the sea. My that was this God. motherfucker fucking with me dude
3: <laughs> it doesn't get better than it that it doesn't oh man uh, Matt, uh, like uh, it's 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 always an honor to get to interact with these things but like when you get one that has a sense of humor that's just like you know, interested in breaking you in like not even a detrimental way, just to, you know, like fucking with you way. Like, I, I, to me, bust, I'm Sicilian, so busting balls is like a love language. So, like, I, I absolutely love that, that a lot of these things have, have a sense of humor about like shattering your reality. I know. I, I always, I always, I'm flattered because uh, they know that I can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> so, or they or, or either that or they don't care that I can't.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so there you go. There's um there's all our threshold moments, folks. God. That's amazing. I, I love it. I love it. Uh I don't even know if I want to do the news at this point cuz that was such a great conversation to begin with.
0: Oh, we we've got to we've got to do the news though. I mean, it's like it's the It's it, the name of the show. It is exactly. it is the it's, name it's, of the show.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, that's. I guess it's that time, folks. Everyone's favorite segment where we get to ask, "What's
0: in the
2: news?" All right. What's in the news? What's ah, in the news? Man. <laughs> please, Sorry. please stop. Literally,
0: every time I do that, where I I have I think like that. I don't know the the Catholic upbringing shows itself. <laughs>
3: I love Gregar- I love Gregorian chanting, though. I went to a, ca- I went to a Catholic high school. And, um, I wasn't raised Catholic, but I was in this thing called Super Scola, which was like, Scola was like select members of the chorus, and then, um, what was it, this, like, Super Scola was like, I guess, the section leaders, and they had, like, an old-style European chapel, and we used to do Gregorian chanting in this chapel, and it was like very, I don't know if I liked the theatrics of it, I don't know what it was that I liked, but... Uh, that's, that's one thing that I won't knock about organized religion. I'm a huge fan of chanting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like, I, I'm with it too. I, I love how chanting. How do you, how do
0: you feel about like the, the throat singing that like the monks and stuff do?
2: Yeah, I have,
3: I, I, I've seen a lot of memes and, and a lot of my friends like joking about it. Um, or perhaps not joking. Maybe I assume they're joking, which is kind of like insulting. I don't know. But, uh. I have not delved fully into that yet. I like it though. There's just, you know what it is. As as far as like a root archetype goes, I guess it's just the drone note. That's what it is. Oh, I agree entirely. Yeah, yeah. It's well, yeah. You're a musician, yeah. So you you know. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's centered around that drone note. Anyway, didn't mean
2: to derail there. No. What's in the news? Tell me. (laughs) Well, um. Okay. In the in the interest of.
0: DeSantis holds one continuous note during the
2: middle of a <laughs> press conference. Oh, God. Surges no. in the polls. <laughs> uh, um, scrolling through the What's in the News section of the Discord to remind everyone that we have a Discord, and you can. we will talk about shit if you give it to us. Do we want to talk about Tucker Carlson getting sacked real quick? That's how me and uh, Louis
0: started talking to each other, actually. So, yeah, <laughs> it absolutely. It is. It um, is. I haven't been keeping up with where he's going from here. I, I did hear that he got a job offer from, uh, oh, damn, I don't remember who, but it was, he got like a job offer for some ludicrous amount. I don't think he's accepted it yet. He um, I keep saying that he's going to take his place on the, Radicalization pipeline. He's going up one, so now he's going to have a podcast or some kind of internet-based show <laughs> where he's going to just get to say more crazy, unhinged things, and he's going to sell Alex Jones super male vitality pills and shit like that.
3: Yeah, but- I, I think when you're slighted to that extent, I think it feeds your ego in a way. Like it's it's a crushing moment, but then like the the turnaround is like I'm I'm going to show them. So I would imagine that like if he knows that he's in a nine nine p.m. primetime spot, spot it's like probably less likely that he'll go to a network like OAN and probably more more likely that he'll take probably massive following that was watching him every night at primetime and try and sell him some Kool-Aid and yeah. more in the vein of what you're describing right now.
0: The problem is a lot of his viewers don't know how to use the internet, so.
2: we'll, well see, I, I disagree, man. I think Tucker Carlson, if anybody was pulling in that 18 to 24 demographic at Fox, it was Tucker Carlson.
3: It's Yeah, it's a 40-year-old frat boy, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, l- let's be honest. Like, he's – I definitely think he's going to go the um, – the Alex Jones route. And he's probably going to be like way more successful than a lot of them. He's probably going to be so successful that Fox brings him back. If they know, if they have any idea of what's good for them, because I, I was talking to someone else in the discord about this. Cause they were like, Oh, well it, it'll, it'll slow the, um, the radicalization and the conservative movement and Fox down. I'm like, no, it's not. All of, all the boomers are just going to keep watching Fox and they're slowly going to die off and then Fox won't be relevant anymore. And then whatever people like Carlson go on to do is going to be the new conservative media. He's going to get on the ground floor of it, man. It's,
3: yeah, it's, it's scary that the standards for what people are willing to believe are a lot lower. And it's very ironic that that's coming from a bunch of people who like...
1: You know, we yearn,
3: yearn yearn for the days of Walt, Walter Cronkite. They're like Walter Cronkite <laughs> used to give just objective news, and they're like they don't do that anymore. Except for these guys, and it's like, are you sure, bro? <laughs> do you know what you just swallowed? Like <laughs> well, it was pure think- purely just propaganda to keep you outraged because they know that when they sell outrage, it drives ad revenue because you're going to keep clicking that dumbass headline. <laughs> like like oh, it's the man. same. It's the, they're hitting the same archetypes that everybody else is. Man, I think that uh. He could be hugely successful if he goes similar to an Alex Jones route, but dialed back a little bit where, like, there's not so much about, like, he's not as much playing a character. I mean, he's still probably playing a character to some extent, even when he's on Fox, but, like, maybe not going full crazy. Maybe, like, finding that, that middle spot where, like, people are not necessarily ashamed to say that they listen to him or oh, ashamed right. yeah. to put an InfoWars bumper sticker on their Taurus, right, um, right. you know?
2: <laughs> well, see, what people forget is that, like, even the, what, when I'm talking about what I'm saying, going the Alex Jones route, is I mean, like, the model he has where he's got his own website oh, yeah. and selling that stuff. Oh, he's stuff. going that model. He's yeah, selling
3: yeah. supplements, no oh,
2: question. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing that everyone forgets about is, like, that's not, like, new. A- Alex Jones didn't pioneer that. Alex Jones only made so much money doing it because he was... Was the wackiest of the bunch? Like yeah. Glenn Beck and all those fuckers did that the minute they lost their fucking TV shows and shit too. Yeah.
3: And and then people did that before them too. It's it's yeah. it's a classic archetype. I love when I love um Tim Heidecker in On Cinema and one of the seasons of On Cinema. He's like he's he's selling uh supplements <laughs> like that and, and, and <laughs> it, 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 behaving a very similar way. Anyway,
2: I guess we have to talk about this. Uh King Charles the got uh crowned so. You know, good job for the monarchy, I guess. But did you guys see the video of the, the fucking Grim Reaper popping up, apparently? Yeah, walking in the background. That's pretty clever. I, I love it. I really hope that that's some merry prankster over there doing that. I mean, if it's actual Grim Reaper too, awesome. But you know what I mean? Like, I really, <laughs> hope, that, I really hope that someone was smart enough and cunning enough to be like, I, I'm going to wear my trench coat. I'm going to have my black robe under it. And I'm going to hide my sickle in there and everything. And I'm just going to wait till I know the camera's rolling and just run on by.
0: I have no idea. I have no doubt in my mind that that's what it is. My only question is Irish or Scottish? <laughs> but that's it. It's, it's wh- wh- which one of them figured it out? Because like uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> I mean, think of look. I don't. I don't know about you guys, but if I had that much long-standing bad blood to the English monarchy, I wouldn't advocate anybody doing anything like getting anybody hurt. But I was, was as waiting for as, that disclaimer before as, you started. Yeah, <laughs> as far as fucking with them. Mm. You know, if you could have, if if I could have figured out how to get a, a a forty man parade to march through the middle of it with like pots and pans, I'd do it. But the Grim Reaper is pretty, you know, it's clever, it's subtle.
3: Absolutely, I'm, I have no builds. I'm fully aligned on all fronts.
2: I don't care who um, it is, but whoever it is, like go go on Twitter later and take credit, please. Like I want the IRA to come out of hiding and be like, "This was us." <laughs> <laughs> And it was the real Grim Reaper. We're very familiar with him at this point. Uh, Hey,
3: let's not limit ourselves to Ireland and Scotland too. I mean, there's a lot of other places that they fucked.
2: (laughs) I mean, literally everywhere. (laughs) But if it was India, it would have been like fucking Shawnee instead of the Grim Reaper or something, right? Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. That does narrow it down a bit. Um... Do we have
0: any thoughts on the, the coronation as sort of one of those collective cultural rituals? I mean, it's... I think as far as England in general, they, they do have a, a strange love affair with yeah. something that most of us have abandoned in the last couple centuries, you know? Yeah. It's like every – think of every European state that or European country that exists. They had some kind of monarchy that ran their country, but the only people that are holding on to it pretty much are, is England, right?
3: Yeah, um, at least in my mind. Well, I mean one of my favorite parts of the day was like – combing through comment sections because they're like they're basically focus groups you know like i mean you could you could not that data analysis is not relevant it's totally relevant you know once you wait to compile enough data points but like if you want to watch in real time you could watch the comment section it's like a bunch of not not high quality but definitely like focus groups and there is unfortunately a lot of people that were like i support the monarchy blah 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 (laughs) like (laughs) like like (laughs) Have you put any thought into this? Is this just like a stance you were born into? Like, are you like, you know, not too many of them shed any insightful light on why they were of that opinion, but a surprising amount of people.
0: I mean, it's, it's just, it's like our fascination with the president where it's like, I stand behind my president, but it's even crazier because it's like, you didn't, you didn't vote on anybody here. Well, And and
2: more so, it's like they hold no real political power. They hold maybe like capital power, but like they're not like – like what what can King Charles do? Like dissolve parliament? And the minute he does that shit, like they're going to freak out and go like, oh my god, we left him with that power. What the fuck? What were we thinking? On on
3: paper. A good point on paper. I don't actually know what they – Control outside of what's on paper, like systematically, bureaucratically,
2: bureaucratic.
0: I think he's allowed to cut off somebody's head, and they just got to.
2: <laughs> I think they used that up with Oliver Cromwell, bro. <laughs> like, I don't know if they can do that anymore. I think that was the last one they could get away with for like at least another hundred years.
0: Oh, hold on, I've got to look. I got to reread the Magna Carta and figure <laughs> out how much head shopping power the monarchy <laughs> still has.
2: <laughs> oh okay. man
3: but it, it is unfortunate because like, you mentioned that it's kind of like the you respect the president kind of thing you know the way that it is here and it's like if that's what it is and it probably is that for most people that's just a a, a testament to to the potency of traditionalism like you're not even gonna put any critical thought into that and how antiquated I and mean, even just objectively irrelevant it is like
0: Yeah, but and, and it gets reinforced with like huge media hype circuses with these ornate rituals of putting a crown on somebody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So in, in that regard at least, you know, a, a coronation is a pretty big magical thing because it enforces a reality on a lot of people.
3: Yes. And they made a lot of ad revenue today.
0: <laughs> Imagine if they were selling, uh, like ultra male vitality supplements.
3: Imagine if they were selling gas station dick pills through headlines <laughs> about the coronation.
1: Do it, I think we just came boys. I, When's I know the next my- king getting king. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Daddy needs a new pair of shoes.
0: <laughs> Just comes out. I know if my mother, the queen, was still here, she would really want you to get these double X Rhino pills available.
2: At- <laughs> uh, oh man! Oh, that's great. Okay, what else we got? So, video of Trump confusing E. Jean Carroll for ex-wife in deposition is released. Former president shown pointing to photograph of writer who accused him of rape and saying, that's my wife. All these plastic white bitches look the same anyway. What you talking about? I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Why should he? Jesus. I mean, I normally don't like giving the Trumpster any air because it's like, you know, it's like who fucking cares? Who really fucking cares? Yeah, I hanging fruit. Yeah, I know. But I do love the idea of him just being like, because, you know, as much as I think that that Trump is a fucking idiot losing his fucking mind, that sounds like some shit that he would do just to fuck with some people. He's like, that's my wife. I don't know what you're talking about. That's her. I know my wife. Oh
0: God. Oh no. We're we're going down the Trump playing 5D chess game. Is that what doing now?
3: <laughs> I haven't ruled it out, but I I don't bank on it. I, I do. I I gotta say, even though it's low hanging fruit, there is some level of humor and the audacity at times when you're able to separate yourself from the implications. Oh yeah. Um. I mean that's. That's just, like, if you put somebody else's name there, that would be funny. Like, it's fucked up, but it's, you know, you can't write that kind of shit.
2: Yeah, exactly, right? You know, it's like, you know, that that's that's the, the ultimate staying power of Trump, though, is just that he's such a, it's like, no, you can't make this shit up. The only other person that has headlines to rival him, unfortunately, is the other guy who became president.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's, that's absolutely true. Yeah, I hear a lot of people are like, oh, uh, he speaks his mind or whatever. So, like, I, you know, I, I don't know if they, I don't think, I think a lot of the time they don't even care what his mind is. They're just, they're just amused by the way he conducts himself. And, like, I, I, you know, not that I would want somebody like that in power, but I can't say that I'm not amused either.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's incredibly amusing. And, you know, to follow up on that, it's, uh, you know i i don't want anyone in power so i guess it doesn't yeah, really exactly. <laughs> that's why i'm comfortable
3: saying that because it's like i i yeah well, i don't want anybody in that job so
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like you know i don't I, I guess at least now at least someone's being funny about it that's the same way i feel about joe whenever his brain drops out of his mouth and he's like <laughs> you know it's like ah oh, i lost the documents again and here's i'm joe yeah. biden you know it's like it's like <laughs> i this is all it doesn't it, at least it's not fucking ronald reagan or fucking the goddamn spook of George Bush in there, you know. It's like someone that's actually competently evil. I guess. Uh huh. It, like, sp- yeah.
3: Like I don't really mind that they're calling attention to 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 how fucked it it can get um and like i hate to use half-baked rhetoric but like maybe if we have to worry so much about what they can do with that power then maybe they have too much of it kind of thing yeah so it's like i don't really mind if somebody's going to make an ass out of themselves and in the process call attention to that to to potentially call attention to that thought
0: the one thing i got to say about it is and this has been said about biden too because trump and biden are both ancient ancient men like why the
3: fuck are we doing that
0: (laughs) yeah there's there's this thought process of like there's probably a, a very strong motivation for anyone that's in their inner circle to downplay and obfuscate how dementiated these old codgers are yes. at this point. Where it's like they have these little flubs and we're laughing about it and it could and you know, I, I understand that just because you you flub a word or you say something silly doesn't mean that you've completely lost your mind. But these guys are like in their 70s and Maybe like that's the problem is that if they did, it would be kind of like when Reagan was losing, was starting to lose his faculties in the last leg of his presidency, and everybody was just sweeping it under the rug. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Nobody, there's nobody in these inner circles that is going that are going to stop and say, "Uh, "Hey, the the president is uh, losing his money. He's he's talking to a bust of Lincoln." (laughs) <laughs> and he's addressing it as his old college roommate. Like, what? What do we do?
3: Well, you can't replace him because everybody's a fan of that guy in particular. So you just throw you just
2: throw the blanket over FDR's polio legs. Well, yeah, no, no well, you you just pretend that Woodrow Wilson's completely fine after he had a stroke. Like, oh no, he's fine. He's fine. Don't worry about yeah, it. He's good.
3: Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. you know, and he's got the blanket because he's cold. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now that we've established this, I mean, I, we're, I guess we're pointing out that there's actually a long-standing tradition of pretending the president is totally fine. Uh huh. There
2: is. I yeah, mean, it's you, at you, least hundred years he, old. Well, I mean,
0: he hell, just went in for a he just went in for a, a dental appointment. He's fine. Don't <laughs> worry.
2: Well, like you know, fucking um JFK had Bright's disease, and they used to fill him up with fucking drugs so he could go do speeches. Then he'd get off stage, collapse into a wheelchair, and be like, "My kidneys are destroying me."
0: <laughs> I actually didn't comfortably even know. numb playing in the background.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. JFK was like not okay, dude. They were they were just pumping him full of shit and being like, "All right, go make the speech, Johnny." And he'd be like, "All right,
0: there's no pain. You are receding." Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, that explains some
3: of the pictures I've seen of his face. Now that you mention it,
2: oh yeah, right. It's actually really obvious if you look at him in a weird kind of way. I was way.
3: like, what's with this guy? Something's up." <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, are we
0: ready for the parrot headline? I've, I've got one that it's kind of old news, but uh, a YouTuber I like uh, just did a, a video talking about it. So we're going to we're going to talk about it real quick. A mother in Michigan claimed that during a psychotic break, Spongebob from inside the TV told her to kill her daughter.
2: Oh, fuck. That's like okay. That's not even funny. Like, that's just sad. No, joke, no
0: jokes. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's kind of depraved, but it's one of those things of like... That sounds
3: like a <laughs> Wendigoon ARG kind of thing. <laughs>
0: you know what I mean? It, it does kind of, but it's an actual thing that happened. And it's, I guess my, my question is like, if we're talking about these sort of things where it's like uh, what you were saying earlier about determining when a thought comes from you or when it comes from something that is not you... Where do you find these lines of, uh, am I going fucking crazy? Because there, you know, there are those moments where you can be like, uh, something in the TV told me to hurt somebody.
2: Some Uh, people don't make that distinction. That's that's completely,
0: and that's why it happens, you know?
3: Yeah. I, I was reading, um, Korea today, which again, that Josephine McCarthy, like lesson module thing about like, you know. I don't. I don't want to go into the whole thing right now. But I I mentioned in the Discord the other day that I went to go to the village and felt some sort of instinctive pulling into that antique shop, knowing that there's something in that antique shop that wants to go home with me, just not knowing what. And um, I mentioned it to that to that guy that sent me the headless right stuff, and he and he pointed me towards. Uh, <laughs> I hate to admit it, but lesson one, module five, um, which was like. A twenty-page PDF from Josephine about about your inner senses, and she mentioned that like some people, their struggle is undoing cultural conditioning so that they can train that inner sense and be able to listen to it. And some people, just as much of a just same same balance of it's a blessing and a curse, are too susceptible to it and can't discern whether or not their uh, their it's their inner dialogue or whether it's something else talking to them and can end up potentially being diagnosed in some cases as a schizophrenic or something. Right. Which is a crazy thing to think about.
0: I think that um for the most part nobody wakes up and decides I'm going to hurt somebody or I'm going to do something, but very often you might come across where something happens and it you know, you could come across some sort of uh for lack of a better word entity in or whatever that tells you to do something that goes against things that you would normally do as far as your behavior. And it's always these degrees where it's like, if it told if if a voice told me to wear my left shoe on my right foot for a day, it's like, you know, that's a little weird, but it's not going to fuck somebody up. But then you imagine you can kind of slowly, bit by bit, go doing progressively crazier and crazier things. Or you could have something happen all at once that seems so absurdly uh powerful in the moment that you might do something totally batshit crazy
2: yeah (sighs) yeah i not to make light of it because it it is a tragedy but on the other hand if spongebob came out of the tv and told me to do some shit i don't know i would listen to it because it's spongebob (laughs) it's like you're a fucking you're a cartoon sponge Come, come, yeah, back, I mean, uh, come back to me not, when like Krishna Is telling me to do something Give me something with some right. weight
3: <laughs> Not to make light of it but like even if that person Can't discern whether or not that actually Happened it's still Spongebob
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah right <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's harrowing you know, yeah. either way,
3: probably creepier, you know, like like these like fake lost media things, like Bart's dead or whatever the fuck.
0: Oh god, well, it definitely has it definitely has creepy pasta vibes. Yes, sort of like, creepy oh, then, yeah. you know, we do have the the recurring cultural archetype of cutesy child thing does something fucked up and disturbing.
2: Well, it's it's the same reason we don't like dolls, or we like or like uh, the Omen and shit like that. We're really intensely disturbed by the idea that the thing that we put innocence on, the thing that we project this idea of like, oh, this is pure and cute and it's not going to do anything wrong, being sinister. That's why I Mm. keep telling you that Mickey Mouse doesn't have a fucking soul, because Mickey Mouse doesn't have a fucking soul. It's an evil goddamn icon created by a fucking terrible human being, or or rather stolen and appropriated by a terrible human being. Right. Yeah. Right. Right.
0: What was the one you were going to say before I, I dropped the bombshell of, like, horrifying, oh, distor- disturbing stuff? Okay, fine. That didn't, I guess in my head it seemed like we were going to be able to make some yucks about that. But then I guess as soon as I said it, it's like, no, a child died. Never mind. This wasn't the proper headline. Oh,
3: holy shit. I didn't even – wow. Okay, so I missed that part. I. <laughs> oh, I don't oh. know. Oh! Can can you tell me again? Not for me, even though there's people listening to this. Can you dial it back just for me? (laughs) What happened? uh, uh,
0: A a Michigan mother, um, a combination of factors apparently drug withdrawal and sleep deprivation. SpongeBob came out of the TV and told her that she needed to kill her daughter. He just
3: got
0: yeah. She just got sentenced for it. Which Did was she?
2: Why? Was holy in the news. fucking shit yeah and we're, yeah. we're yeah. yucking it up about wow. spongebob
3: but you know i thought a spongebob just told somebody to kill themselves and they sit and they like posted about like oh no, no, in, no and no. i was like i i was trapped i was like how is this in the news like this is just oh, no, like no, somebody no. needs medicine
2: this
0: is a horrifying no this was a, a horrifying oh, yeah. reality
2: yeah yeah well okay and and again not to not to call anyone out and say that, like, because you know, this is a tragedy and I don't wanna make light of it in any sort of way, whether on the mental health or the child death factor. But isn't that the sort of thing that you, that's, it's just the modern equivalent of the devil made me do it, ain't it? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I was in yes. the wrong state of mind and something told me to do it because I was fucked up and hopefully that gets me off.
3: Yeah, you know I mean, that? I don't know what sympathy you're gonna get for that in court.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that she was I don't think she was doing it to try to get out of it like oh I you're you're going to un, un, uh, unlock these cuffs and let me get back to the daycare. But now I think this was a uh this was a mitigating factor sort of thing of like yes, I did something horrible, but I didn't do it because I'm an outright monster. I did it because I was in the middle of a psychotic break. Yeah.
2: yeah. Right. Fair enough. Well, Fair okay. Enough. To to get to the lighthearted uh parrot headline Holy macaroni! New Jersey town baffled by 500 pounds of pasta dumped by Brooke.
3: <sighs> My culture's just a joke to you. I I saw this on a Sopranos Instagram page today and was like, this can't be real. I I assumed that it was like some, like they ran out of Sopranos clips and they were like, I'm going to like make this joke headline. And then now it's occurring to me now that actually happened. What was the pasta tainted? Was there like, was the side of the road not good enough? Like who, how, by what means did they take it to the middle of the forest and how did somebody stumble upon it anybody have a bite Uh, these are all questions that come into my you know
2: (laughs) there is apparently no explanation for how it got there
3: is it an art project is it a prank you know uh, is this person are they going to get fined for for dumping
0: a i think what happened was that a a long-haul trucker was watching an episode of the super mario brothers super show and he had a psychotic break, and they told him,
2: you gotta put the linguini out in the woods.
3: <laughs> no further questions, just
2: do it. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, some <laughs> residents think that they may have solved the mystery after, after they discovered that the pile of noodles came from a nearby home that is currently up for sale. After his mother's death, a military veteran was moving out of his mother's home when he discovered a stockpile of old pasta in the house. Yeah, but how many
3: how many times would you have to fill the pot <laughs> Do you know, like five hundred pounds. Like you're. That's like if you. I don't know what the the math is, but like that's at least like 50, 60, hundred pots of pasta.
2: Yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. Wait, 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 wait. was filling a wait, wheelbarrow? Wait, wait, wait. They said the fifteen wheelbarrows.
3: Cooked? Yes, it was cooked. <laughs> it
2: was cooked, oh, <laughs> it
3: was coo- dude. This was not just somebody ju- dumped raw spaghetti. This was like all- uh, there were pictures. I okay, could look. Again, I saw it from a Sopranos meme page. So, like, maybe this picture I saw was not real. So Maybe something about this was not real. But I saw pictures of large piles that look like somebody's, like, leaves, like, raked up after autumn. Like, that size of a pile. That is the
2: exact photo that's on this fucking news article, dude. That's real. So so it's real. Okay. So,
3: and there's, like, ten piles of it. And they're like all two or three feet high. So like, yes, uh, was is there sauce on it or no? Did they, did they make it nice?
2: <laughs> oh God, I can't even. T- uh, I don't. I just don't understand. Like, what the hell happened?
3: I just. Well, I just want to know about logistics. That's really all I want to know. Like, I, lots of weird stuff happens every day. I'm curious about like. They're like, oh, they must have really like wanted to build those pyramids if they made it happen. Like, does somebody really <laughs> wanted this pasta to be in the woods?
0: I just. <laughs> <laughs> was it a well, one-man job <laughs> oh my do god do you think it was like oh, man i gotta get rid of all this pasta and then he was like well you know what maybe some critters will want to eat it i'm not gonna let the possums eat raw pasta i'm not a criminal like we're just gotta, <laughs> right. i guess i gotta cook it
2: <laughs> right and it's
0: like or do you think and now the other question too is like like you said it's like was this a one-man job or was it like all right i'm gonna call up uh I'm going to call up Tony and Frank and they're going to help me finish cooking all this pasta and dumping it out. And if that's the question, if your buddy called you up right now and said, Hey, I got to cook a whole lot of spaghetti and I'm going to dump it out in the woods, like, wouldn't you have some questions or would you just be like, Nah, bro, I got you?
2: I would be like, No, I got you. What are you talking yeah, about?
3: I w- I'm not even saying that for the bit. Like, I would just go.
0: <laughs> yeah, You're
3: like, a good friend. <laughs>
2: oh, man. I'd like to
3: think it was charity
2: for the animal, for
3: the critters. <laughs>
2: Critter charity. Do it for the critters. Okay. All right. Well, that's your news for the episode. I need to take a leak real quick. So give me a moment and we'll get on with the satanic uh, bit. Sound good. Yeah, I'm not
3: ashamed to. I, I'm pissing in a bottle right now. I'm not even. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding.
2: That's my whole problem. Oh my I was looking around my desk at all the bottles that I had, and I was like, nothing is going to hold this, and I'm not going to just piss in, on the floor in my office.
3: Do do, do your thing, man. You know, <laughs> don't mention it. I'm just that kind of guy. Go piss.
2: <laughs> all right, give me ten seconds.
0: I, I feel like there should have like I thought there was gonna be something decent to say about that, and then it was like t- crickets, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Honestly, I, mean, I
3: like I tuned out for the one second that you <coughs> that you mentioned the <laughs> the most important detail about that, <laughs> <laughs> and had to dial back and be like, damn. And it's not that I wouldn't have made the same jokes; it's just that I didn't have that yeah. opportunity to process it before in need of a second. Yeah, um, like- and probably would have done and, and said everything I, I said the first time, though. I'm going to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are, you know, it's it's one of those where I'm not going to shy away from making jokes about horrible tragedies. Like, if I can, you know. I can't. My, I
3: don't have the capacity, <laughs> to, you know, to I just any i'm sorry like, but anything's game i guess that's because that's the how i am about my own life so like i guess it's I know, a like play. So I've,
0: I've had fucked up things happen to me and i joke about them so
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah true. and I, i'm not yeah. about to play superlatives with tragedies to be fair but like i have yeah. had absolutely yeah. horrible things happen to me my leg's been shattered into a million pieces my, my femur's reconstructed with metal i've had my best friend pass away like like all of these things are subject to to, to jokes because why? <laughs> in my for me, why shouldn't they be? You know, like it's not like I didn't take them seriously or learn from them or grow from them. Not that it's all part of my story arc or anything. Some of them involved other people, but you know, why not? I don't. I can't think of any reason why not. It's really more about time and a place rather than yeah. rather than can we at all?
2: I I hate to take a lesson from fucking South Park of all things, but. it it really is that that family guy episode they had it's like either everything is okay to make fun of or nothing's okay to make fun of it's just it's just the end of the the, it's that's that's my limit on personal liberty when it comes to comedy right it's like you can either Mm -hmm. laugh at everything or you can laugh at nothing because if you can say one person doesn't or one thing doesn't deserve to be made fun of anyone can say and come up with some reason to make, not make fun of something. You can personally choose not to make fun of things all you want, but like to tell, to sit there on, on your pedestal and be like, that's not funny. You shouldn't make jokes about that. Like, it's just bullshit. It's like, fuck you. Lock me up. Yep. Uh, or, I guess or, the only- or,
3: or render the social consequences, right? I mean, you can't legislate social reform. Oh. But you can not hold people socially accountable. Yeah. That's my favorite part. You can't say this anymore. You can't say that anymore. Like, no, you, you can. There's just people are gonna hold you <laughs> yeah, accountable. <exactly. laughs>
2: it's like turns out if you if you stand on if you spend your weekends on your fucking soapbox screaming about white nationalism, people might get you fired <laughs> from your job. Like yeah, as who, as they should. Yeah, it's like who to thunk it. <laughs> So for our culture piece today, we were going to talk about something near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. Satanism. Yay, Satan. Yeah! Uh,
3: so, I wish I had confetti.
0: <laughs> <Pure>. <laughs> a little,
2: like a, a slide whistle or like one of the flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Next okay. time I have
3: that kind of a kazoo or anything. <laughs>
2: oh, I'll put the sound effect in. Don't worry about it.
3: <laughs> Good.
0: Perfect. Oh,
2: uh, Satan Con in Boston, I believe. Was that where it was?
0: Boston, yes. Yeah,
2: Satan just passed. The largest gathering
0: of Satanists to date.
2: Yeah, so um, we figured we'd talk about Satanism because in this good old esoteric community that we have, Satanism is kind of the biggest bag, I guess, of different types of people, if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, because it's it's definitely one of the the larger circles in the overlapping Venn diagram of occultism, where you go far enough down any line, Satanism is going to come up in some shape or form. I I think the one thing that I do want to talk about with this is that it's always funny to me, and I've probably said this a hundred times in the lead up to this episode, that the most popular form of Satanism in America and arguably the world – is a non-theistic, non-supernatural, non-spooky woo-woo version of Satanism. It's just, it's just guys that like devil horns, and you know wear black. And it's like, all right, what are what are you? You're we're, well, we're materialists. Hmm. Edgy. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like I hate to say, it, like not to be a a a prick about it, but it's like the the largest. If somebody says they're a Satanist, most of the time what they mean is that they're like a uh, a sort of contrarian materialist that just they're a has larper. Just say their- it. They're a
2: larper. Yeah. That's what they are. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't like they
0: they don't like the Christian upbringing that they got beat over the head with. So now they they wear a pentagram and you know go to uh, Slayer concerts and shit.
3: Right. I, I respect the act of nonconformity, but it's very much in the vein of like the sake of postafarianism. Right? Oh, yeah, with the, exactly. With the, with the people exactly. wear the skull of Bosch colander on their head kind of thing. Like okay, I understand your point.
2: I mean, see, I, I I like Pastafarianism more because it just seems like it's got a sense of humor. Right, exactly. It's it's way less and I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just critiquing people's comedy at that point, because I'm sure there's some people that think it's really fucking funny to piss off evangelicals wearing fucking baphomet t-shirts and shit
3: you know what i mean like it's definitely funny but it's a little too accessible you know i I like to work for the giggles yeah right
2: (laughs) i I, have told people before i grew up in like the rural south so like i get it you know i I understand the the urge to piss off very easily pissed offable people that are just like going to church on sundays and shit by wearing a t-shirt that's black and has a fucking star on it but you know come on it's like expand your horizons a little bit you can piss off way more people than just that
3: yeah okay, it's well, like it's like t- rattling a cage of a very susceptible animal to getting rattled kind of thing whereas like you kind of have to work a little bit harder with like putting a colander in your head at the dmv it's like now you're getting the dmv to break the rules for you <laughs> <laughs> you know you're not just pissing off somebody that you know is going to get pissed off when they see upside down crosses
0: right and it- okay counter here's the counterpoint to that right all right if you're uh if you're any flavor of spooky woo-woo. Mm-hmm. To uh, to like a hardcore Christian, you're already a Satanist. Yeah. it doesn't matter what. It's like you know they see a Wiccan and they're like, yep, that's a that's a Satan worshiper. They see you, uh, they see you holding a Quran, you're a devil worshipper. They see your Yamaka, you're a devil worshipper. It's like the, it doesn't matter to these people. Like they don't make any distinctions. It's just like us that are doing it.
3: Yeah, so, a- absolutist dichotomy makes like it makes it a lot easier to push, uh, you yeah. know, whatever other values. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But, I mean, I, I will, and we can talk about the good parts of uh, the, the, the satanic temple where oh, they do will, a we will. lot
2: of. Don't worry, I, 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 have, I have all the headlines for that one. So, But what I wanted to talk about more specifically for the, the beginning part here was the distinction between theistic Satanism and atheistic Satanism. Because I feel like there's a, probably not so much in the spooky community, but definitely in the in society at large, as it were, most people don't see a difference at all. Yeah. Normies, you know, normies fucking have no, (laughs) normies have no (laughs) distinction between what it is. I I'm, I'm really curious because Louis, weren't you involved in theistic Satanism at some point? Isn't that what I was told? Yeah, not,
3: not in an organized fashion and not in a way where like, I was really interested in embracing it, but more like I kind of, stumbled upon it in, like, you know, I went down a Google search, kind of like Wikipedia hole kind of vibe. I don't remember how I stumbled upon it, but it was definitely like mystic, theistic Satanism. I guess I was like researching different types of Satanism just out of curiosity. Cause like, I never stopped to like, I'm like, all right, I know that the way that we look at it is like a bunch of people getting a bunch, getting to like a black robe and like sacrifice a goat or something. But like, mm-hmm. what do I really, what do I really know about it? And I'm curious because like, I'm, I accept the fact that like some of my preconceived notions are shaped by cultural stuff. And like, now I'm interested in, Dispelling that by, like, doing my own research kind of thing, whether or not that research is scholarly or conclusive, uh, just being exposed to it outside of what, a, what you know, cultural values. Right, right. Is. And stumbled upon this mystic, theistic Satanism. And that's actually how I found out about how to meditate.
2: <laughs> um it, which is which is definitely not probably normal um no, definitely I, it's definitely not alan watt's videos on youtube so certainly not no i mean i guess technically speaking me out, yeah right uh, uh, um
3: because because of course i found those two you know friggin' 12 years ago whenever that was uh 2010ish, you know, kind of vibe. So, so like that. Those, those, I remember those videos as well. But I guess the first time I meditated would have been like my Taekwondo classes when I was in
2: elementary, oh, and no middle school. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I was karate speaking, class. Yet, yeah,
3: yep. that was the first so, time
2: it ever happened to me. Okay, go ahead. Sorry.
3: Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you if I, if half the time I fell asleep or half the time I actually meditated. I, I don't really remember. Um. Uh, that that was, a, that was a big positive influence on my life, Grandmaster Lee. He was a g- very good man. But uh, anyway, that's probably the first time I technically meditated. Never really thought about that that way. Uh, although I do sometimes put my hands like the way that I was taught. Uh, I don't know if it's like widespread Korean style, but like the way that I was taught there. Um, I still put my hands like that when I meditate. So I don't know. But anyway. Not necessarily relevant to this. Uh, the first time I learned how to meditate as like a a grown adult was through stumbling upon like you know this. I wouldn't call it a blog. It was a it was a full blown website for some sect of Satanism. I don't. I was trying to find it before this episode and couldn't find it. But I do remember like it taught you the breathing exercises and also taught you like there was this added layer of like visualizing certain things while you were doing the breathing exercises so you know it was like exhaling completely counting to a particular number then gradually inhaling and picturing the air enter the bottom of your lungs and then the middle and then the top stopping at the top counting for the same amount of time that you counted at the bottom then slowly exhaling completely at the same rate that you inhaled and doing this. And then at the same time, it instructed you to picture blue fire, like, like basically uh, swallowing the walls. So like the walls would be covered in blue fire. And I, now that I'm thinking back on it, it may have been like a summoning ritual kind of thing, like combined with meditation. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but that's, The first time I learned how to meditate, I put on Armenian duduk music. I lit a candle. Probably not necessary with all the theatrics, right? (laughs) Like it it works either way, kind of thing. But like I was like, if it helps me get into that level of intent at the time, yeah, who cares? Whatever. Exactly. Like like those those things were not so much aesthetics, but more like tools for like helping me tune in, kind of thing.
0: Well, the the bells and smells are are super important sometimes where it's like sometimes it can, it can get you where you need to be, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. Functionally, like logistically. Yeah. It helped me, uh, even if that part was just in my head, it helped me tune in and that had a material effect on, on everything else that took place.
0: I got to say the, the mental image of like, uh, I understand this isn't what happened to you, but the idea of like going to like, imagine going to us like a a satanic master or something like that. It's like, I want to know the ways of the dark one. And it's like, well, (laughs) well, all right, first off, Sit on the floor and meditate and then we'll get to the
3: <laughs> Right. I mean, like I, yeah, like i like you said, I wasn't really looking to like submit myself. I it was more like I was just on a Google hole, but that's how I found it. So like it is hilarious that somebody would go there looking to submit themselves and find out that the first step is like transcendental meditation. It's like what the fuck? Man? What I could have gotten this from, from Buddhism. Like <laughs> I could
0: have just kept I could have just kept the Ramdas video playing and been fine. <laughs> fuck. Now, you guys- you're just proving f- that
2: all the Christians are right, and all the Buddhists and all the fucking uh, oh Hindus are Satanists. It's exactly what it is.
1: Oh God.
3: Oh, oh shit. What, what is David Lynch actually trying to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> um. So. So yeah. I, I. I would love to find that now. I. I, I have to go back. But I'll send it to you if I ever do find it. But. Uh, but um. I just remember it teaching the breathing exercises and teaching you that you know to to envision the walls with blue fire and i did that and it worked and i thought that i had been meditating for 20 minutes opened my eyes turned out that it was two hours walked Uh. outside it was yeah it it was the springtime and like came away with this unspoken unsolicited understanding that everything was connected in some way That was like a powerful like no turning back experience that like heightened my awareness and like and basically there was this cascade effect of a shift in perspective about everything else that I understood. Not that I was ever super indoctrinated. I always had like a problem with authority and questioned things anyway, but like it was a it was a very like potent shift in everything and like kind of like wholeheartedly accepting that things were
0: like it got you on the path.
3: Yes, it totally got me on the path. <laughs> and not not so much like an everything happens for a reason vibe. I feel like that's like a, 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 not necessarily lazy, but like not super accurate way of describing the fact that you can learn something from everything if you, if you reflect upon like what there is to be learned from it kind of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always like the everything happens for a reason sort of thing. It's like, yeah, it's because you did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah uh. <laughs> um, in, in many cases, yes. Um, so, so yeah, that was my first experience of meditation. Then I came to find out that, like, not that I was interested in pursuing it further because of that. I realized that you can meditate through anything. That just happened to be the first time I found the instructions. But then I found out that that sect of Satanism was teaching Like, if you're bargaining with this entity, it's not necessarily evil, which I found interesting. I was like, that's interesting. But one of the things that scared, the main thing that scared me away, aside from the fact that it's fucking Satan, I was like, why would I do that? (laughs) Um, But um, aside from that was was the concept of, like, it levies this extreme absolutist form of justice throughout your life, apparently. And I, I wish I could quote... Which sect this was i can't find it i like I just remember these things distinctly from when i did um I'll circle back if i if I find it but this 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 absolutist form of justice was like if you wrong somebody, you and yours will be wronged, and if somebody wrongs you they and theirs will be wronged,
2: oh, and I yeah, was just like,
3: it. "Hold on, pause." Like, first of all, <laughs> why would why would my family or their family need to be involved in our in our <laughs> grievances? Like, like in our grievances, you know that was like number one. Like, that's kind of fucked up. Number two was like, everybody makes mistakes, like, and like those <laughs> mistakes are to be learned from, and like the the impact of you learning from that mistake and making the right decision next time, and for the next thousand instances could be a much more net positive impact than that one time that you made the mistake. So it's like, well, why the fuck should me or somebody that didn't even have to do with this decision pay for, for, for that, you know, uh, so that Hammurabi eye for an eye kind of justice, I was like, like not only is this Satan, but like, um, I don't think anybody's ready for that. Why would anybody welcome that to their lives? So then I just you know, ended up watching David Lynch transcendental meditation videos instead <laughs> 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 or Alan Watts or whatever. No, um, no. Okay. And, yeah.
2: First off, I just got to tell you fucking love you for no other reason than goddamn I love David Lynch and I I literally got super hard into trans I thought transcendental meditation was a complete fucking crock of just reselling fucking um yoga and Basic meditation practices to people. No,
3: that's like the secret with the Kabbalion and all that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that's similar archetype. Yeah, right uh, not that they're not that it's not far off the mark, but like similar archetype where like you know they're selling a sensationalism. Yeah, kind no, of but I,
2: uh, you know, it's like I, I was gonna say like because fucking, um, I, I, I got into it from. Cause I was just, I'm, I'm a big David Lynch fan. Everyone knows about that already. I've already yacked about twin peaks on the podcast and I've told everyone to watch goddamn, um, um, inland empire a billion times, but it's like, it's like, well, fuck it worked for him and he's, he makes great shit. Let's see what happens. And I, I went, looked into it and like, well, fuck hell, there's something to this. It's good shit.
3: He does a good job describing it. The only thing I knew from him before was the rabbits thing, which was super fucking weird. But I was like, hey, well, this guy's cool. He's got a good sense of humor. I love his weather report that he releases every day where he just God, describes yes. the weather. It's just fucking hilarious. It's like you you, you would love to know all this wisdom that's in his head. But instead, he takes the time every single day instead of, instead of exposing anybody to anything else that's in his head. Just reports the fucking weather. I fucking love that. But I didn't know what he was about before I found this stuff. Um, and, and just loved like how accessible he made, you know, the understanding of it where like, if you have a pea-sized, you know, uh, consciousness, you have a pea-sized awareness and sizes it up to golf ball, grapefruit, whatever, you know, he, and like, it's a simple, it's so simple that it's like, I'm not, I almost feel silly marveling at its potency now, but it's like, that was one of the, one of the analogies that made it accessible for me. To, like, describe it to other people more than it it helped me understand it personally. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. His, um, the, the, um, the uh, analogy of the, um, of dying cloth really got to me too it was like mm, the idea yes. of you know yeah like and, and that was one of those things that like again my um my fiance who is not a spooky woo person at all i've used that to describe like what i'm doing to her before it's like <laughs> you know it's like, like thank you thank you dave thanks dave i'm glad i could thanks for giving me something that made this make a little more sense yes um
1: yes
2: anyway back to satanism though so <laughs> the theistic side of all of this obviously there's a there's a concerted group of people that have a legitimate cosmological metaphysical whatever term you want to use for it belief in the idea of satan and they tend to actually be the smaller minority of people you know luciferianism is thing we talk about that um if anyone wants to go down a rabbit hole of ridiculous stuff go check out the joy of satan they are they are some crazy wackadoo david ike people that just love satan huh david ike i know right you gotta love it (laughs) but um uh and then you know there's um we've talked about the order of nine angles before you know everyone knows about that shit so um but the The fact
3: oh yeah i totally know about it google's nine angles
0: (laughs) here's the I'll, i'll give you the short version because the joy of satan and the the order of nine angles are both they're both unhinged in very different ways, but it's interesting that somehow they got Satan and white supremacy together in like the same thing because there's a lot like the joy of Satan people are like some psychotic bigot motherfuckers when you really get down to it. And the order of nine angles, same thing, like they're weird neo-Nazi motherfuckers. But it, it really hits me on this weird idea of like, it's still that edgy contrarianism sort of thing where it's like, Oh, they're all they like. Obviously, the answer is the exact opposite of everything I was told growing up. So when they were telling me, like you know, hey, racism's bad, and you know, read the Bible. <laughs> so uh, obviously, the answer Did is hail call Satan, that line and-. Across everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I
2: mean, I I, I don't want to go like super deep into it, but there's a very real there's a very real line of thought that um, modern liberalism, as it's descended from the Enlightenment is entirely informed by Judeo-Christian values, so I kind of understand how people could get down the rabbit hole of, like, if all that shit is bad, clearly God is bad, and I should go bat for the other team. It's like, I don't agree with it, but, like, I I can see the logic behind it, at least.
3: It's funny. I I was talking to Co-host about how, like— the pendulum often swings from one extreme to the opposite yeah, extreme no. before the momentum slows and it lands in the middle if it even belongs in the middle sometimes that was co-host mentioned uh maybe gray like fallacy. always being like yeah the gray fallacy or always being like based centrist all the time like <laughs> you know obviously that that's kind of a cop out too you know it is an interesting exam it's like it's it's a it's an example of that look Uh, some
2: of us say we should eat babies some of us say that we shouldn't eat babies clearly we need to meet in the middle and just eat a couple babies right yes just one (laughs) or two one or two (laughs) anyway but um so the other side of this is the um non-theistic satanism which everyone who knows about satanism mostly in the current cultural landscape you're probably dealing with non-theistic satanism that's good old Anton LaVey. That's the, um, the temple of Satan. That's makes all the headlines nowadays. And at the end of the day, like I said before, these people are just LARPers church of Satan. As it stands is pretty much LARPers. They have their own kind of, um, psychological interpretation of magic. Some of them are very big into that sort of thing, but I mean, what's, what's the joke that, um, um, levain satanism is just ayn Rand with candles and well no 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 what it is is that
0: levain satanism is just the Lama with less egyptian
2: <laughs> and then they and then they fix it by doing the temple of set right God. uh so the
0: temple of set i don't know enough about because i've heard some shifty things from those people but then like i read Stephen the book. flowers is involved which is uh
2: I mean, all you need to know about the Temple of Set is that Michael Aquino took all of this shit way more seriously than um, uh, Anton LaVey did. He thought magic was real. He thought that Aleister Crowley was like the real deal. And when they got into an argument, he was like, fuck it, I'm gonna go do my own thing. He did a bunch of magic and he got like his Book of the Law sequel, which explicitly references Crowley and shit like that. And then they basically were like doing the Thalema thing, but from like the Church of Satan kind of perspective. He essentially mm-hmm. rounded up all the people that agreed with him in the Church of Satan and was like, oh, we're going to go do our own thing.
0: Typical religious scheduling.
2: Yeah, it's like if you put in the the magic back into levian Satanism, that's what Temple of Set is. It's nothing to worry okay. about. It's not really interesting either. But the Temple of Satan is kind of funny to me because if we say that LeVayan satanism is ayn ran for fuck it with uh, candles and shit then temple (laughs) of satan is like what's that fucking book uh how to be anti-racist with candles (laughs)
1: okay Okay.
2: (laughs) It's like, and here's the thing. It's like, I don't disagree with any of the messages they're putting out. But at the end of the day, like what these people are doing is it's their political activism with the sheen of Satanism to it, which is, again, like super duper edgy. You got to love it.
0: I know they have like certain tenets of like say like the satanic tenets of like uh, which essentially amount to like you should do whatever the conventional understanding of science is. And you shouldn't abuse, and then like very basic stuff like you shouldn't abuse kids. If somebody abuses kids, like you should fuck them up. <laughs> and it's like these are all. It's like okay, yeah, I think most of us are down with this, but like, you're why are you putting the devil horns on it? You know, because it because it and pisses off the Christians. Because, that's yeah, all cause it, it is.
3: Because, yeah, but, I mean, I guess I guess people. Uh, I don't know anything about this group. I'm like literally looking it up right now, but based <laughs> on what you guys are describing and just like the, it, it could be. Just them trying to get under people's skin because that's a very popular thing nowadays. I don't know, um, but I do think that it makes the message less accessible for like most people. Like, are, like, aren't you kind of dampening your ability to uh, get people to accept the message that you're conveying if you're taking it to that extent? Like, like, you're limiting on who's willing to listen by putting the yeah, devil like, on it. Yeah, like, there's
0: arguably there's arguably there's loads of people that would. Either because they're Christian and they see that and think like that's this is obviously some sort of proponent of amorality or there's people that are atheists who see this and they're like, "This is goofy nonsense." You know, with a you got a, you got a Baphomet statue you're trying to put in city hall. So they're not listening to those either, you know,
3: either that or they're really into their other pillars of belief genuinely and then just decide to do a lot of like charitable and and like outspoken advocacy on the side. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's the thing is like I don't want to sit here bagging on these people because they are trying to they do a lot of like positive political activism of like, you know, trying to trying to keep. Church and state separated. Yeah, they they fight for abortion
2: rights. They continually push for things that are like, hey, you know, oh, you want children be able to pray in schools? Fine, they should be able to say the satanic prayer too. You know, it's like these and these. these Yeah, exactly. This they're based as hell in that aspect. But and you know what this comes from is like I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine. And he was talking about how there's so many people that seem to think that evangelical Christianity has a much greater hold on society than it does. To a point, it does, because in places like, you know, the South, in places like Texas, they still have a whole lot of influence, but... In other parts of the world, like, this has already been done away with. Like, these people do not have nearly the amount of influence. So in the sense that it's fighting for the rights of people in those kind of areas, I 100% support it. And I even kind of agree with the aesthetic of it because – While there are a certain amount of people that will turn against it, just being like, what the fuck? Why are you trying to put up a goddamn goat statue in the middle of City Hall? There's at least a subset of people that are going to see it and be like, what is this actually about? And once you look at it, you can very quickly see that this is a secular rationalist group that is just trying to rail against the influence of the moral majority, as they called it in the 80s. Yeah,
3: it's pretty based.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's based. It's <laughs> fucking great. You know? Um, but yeah, I, I just like regarding
3: like whether or not their message is dampened by the aesthetic that they surround it with is just like, I don't know. I I, I want to be careful, I guess, not to conflate active Christianity with a Christian society because like even without how like I guess the widespread pious practice of Christianity, the, 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 the net of the impact of Christianity on on history and western society is like we're still in a christian society whether or not the church is having okay, a hard time I keeping numbers
2: up. 100% agree.
3: Um so so uh like I don't know. I'm I'm wondering like just because people don't go to churches frequently does that mean that they're willing to accept these messages from these people who put horns on it either way like like that might be the line for people whether or not they go to church kind of thing yeah no i mean (laughs)
2: that's that's kind of exactly what i was gonna get at too it's like really is would a pasta would a temple of the fucking pasta god do better because no one's gonna like look at that and be like man this is yeah, some I mean, evil you're, shit.
3: you will archetypal, like you're talking about Vermin Supreme basically at that point. Right, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so but then I guess it's arrogant for me to assume that their whole purpose is advocacy. I don't know. Like I said, maybe they just truly believe in their other pillars of belief and then decide well, to spend well, the rest of their time on advocacy
0: i have the problem is is that the rest of their the rest of their pillars of belief are shit <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's it's uh it's rational secular humanism skepticism type well, shit Well, i mean it's i like, got no, the list th- of them right like, here fuck there's cares. fucking there's
2: seven of them right like it's just ah uh, okay yeah, okay this, all right, all right it's like so it's like <laughs> one should strive to act with compassion and empathy once the, the
3: struggle for justice. can we rate sure. them can we can we rate them Oh Does yeah! Go D- damn right. We'll
2: do
0: a, let's do a tier
3: list. Based or cringe. That's it.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, that's the only. Okay. So, all okay. right. Once you strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason, based, based, based. Uh, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit to that should prevail over laws and institution. Incredibly based.
3: based. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Particularly,
2: um, one's body is involuble, uh, inviolable. Inviable. I, I I'm sorry. I've had three beers. I can't pronounce things. Subject to one's will alone, based, based, yeah, um, yeah, based. The freedoms of others should be respected, including the that, freedom hey, hey,
3: to. Wait, pause. Can I pause? Go for it. That that doesn't mean that everything that you can do to yourself is necessarily good. Oh
2: right, yeah. It's not. <laughs> a, yeah. It's uh, not a value. Yeah. It's not a value judgment. Yeah, you can do shit that's uh, fucked up, but you should it's have. Just to- like
3: rule of thumb.
0: Yeah, just in. Ge- well, I guess it's sort of that. It's the the bodily autonomy argument, where it's like if uh, you know, like if uh the government wanted to take my kidney because somebody else needed it, I should you shouldn't be able to just be like, all right, we're gonna take it. It's for the greater good. And like, no, nah, it's my kidney.
3: Yeah, for yeah. reals. Um,
2: all right. The freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own super based i'm i'm not yeah, arguing yeah. with this one at all
3: sure. Sure. yeah yeah that was pretty based
2: yeah beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world one should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs Uh, kind of kind of cringe cringe. Cringe.
3: yeah cringe cringe i'm gonna go with cringe i hate that i created such a dichotomy maybe there could be (laughs) another one because like at this point it depends on your definition of scientific because for me science is not a dogma it's a methodology exactly yes so
0: like this is really what i'm getting to when they're talking like what their core tenets are is is like the current understanding of materialism So if you, if we were to go talk about the the weird kooky experiences we have, they'd be like, that doesn't sound very scientific. Mm, uh, Let me call up Randy. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, it's a
3: cop out. That's a cop out limitation, to be honest, to be like, put it through. Everything has to be put through a lens that can only be weighed with your five senses and other tools that are also dependent entirely on your five senses.
0: Yeah. If you're, if it, if you, if something doesn't, cause what it's really saying is that uh, if you can't. If you don't have an empiric understanding of how something is, then you shouldn't buy into it or talk about it. And that that's dope. I'm yeah, not yeah, working in that sense. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you
2: could you could easily fix this one by just saying one's beliefs should conform to whatever you experience as, and not be used as an excuse to oppress other people's autonomy and liberty. Right? You and know that, what I mean? What we're, well, that what half, half talking, is based.
0: like, I don't know. It's just, it's, that's a really tough one because it's, it's that problem of almost battling it on two fronts where it's like, I don't agree with, I don't agree with people's idea of like, you shouldn't take, you shouldn't take medicine. And when you get sick, you should just pray and God will make you better. But I also don't think that, I don't think that, um, like, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example, but like, you know, uh, the entire concept of faith healing, for example, has a, has a certain psychosomatic basis for why it works. But if you try to talk to somebody about that, they're like, no, this is all nonsense and it doesn't, we, I can't point to why it works. So you're, you know, th- this is all hokum and nonsense.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're still observing things. Like I don't have to write a paper to observe yeah. things. Exactly. and Observe a pattern and then make a conclusion. Like, like, and, and to be honest... The only reason I would do that is if I wanted to earn the respect of academia, which I don't really care to do, because like, that's not what I'm set out to do.
2: Oh, so, so oh, like, like I can be perfectly
3: scientific about my conclusions, to be honest with you. Like, I, I just don't have, like, I can't prove it, but I don't really want to. So, like, whatever. Louis, you <laughs> are
2: a man after my own heart. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Um. But, hey, one through, f- we we agreed with one through four, and we've only, there's only seven, and so far we've only knocked one. So, you know. Number six is people are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do best to rectify it and resolve any harm that it might have caused. I mean, yeah, based. based. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we already yeah, went after not... that one. And then, okay, and then the last one is every tenant is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility and in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. So there you go. They're already even saying that like, hey, you know, these things that we're talking about are not set in stone ideas. We're we're just trying to promote a freer and more just society. So, you know, hey I'm I'm pretty pretty base. Pretty good
3: on paper. Yeah, pretty base. Pretty good on paper. Now now let's see the reality. Uh like, you know yeah. is, is, is that what they do? I have no idea. I'm like genuinely asking. Like well, um, you know, that's the I, well I care to think.
2: You you have uh given us the best segue ever so These are all the headlines I could find about the temple of Satan over like the last, like, I think eight years or some shit. Cause like something way the fuck back.
3: And let's note the sources, uh, if that matters. Oh no, definitely.
2: Definitely. Cause this one is, this, this one is from our, uh, one of our favorite people that just went bankrupt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh wow. This is a decade old. This is almost a decade old folks. So, this is from Vice. So, <laughs> yep. Satanists turned the founder of the Westboro Baptist Church dead mom gay. What? <laughs> <laughs> how? how? <laughs> <laughs> the, satanic, What'd you do? the satanic temple, a burgeoning community of worship devoted to the dark Lord, has performed a pink mass over the grave of the Westboro Baptist Church founder, Fred Phelps Jr.'s dead mother, which means to turn your spirit into a lesbian. That's pretty based, but
3: obviously like intentionally inflammatory to like get to to have a headline made about it, which is also if you're trying to market yourself uh, relatively Based as far as results go, because we're reading the headline.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're, uh, and granted, it's, it's also like. Everybody hates the Westboro Baptist Church. I, I've seen people yeah. with their tinfoil hats well, on talking Christians about Normal Christians hate
2: the Westboro Baptist yeah, Church. that's what I'm talking about. Because they fucking like, put up signs that, like, you know, um, like fucking uh, America deserves dead soldiers and shit like that. Yeah, it makes other yeah. Christians look bad, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that, I was going to say, I've heard people with their tinfoil hats on talking about, like, the Westboro Baptist Church exists solely to make the uh, the hardline <laughs> Christian right <writing laughs> look <laughs> even worse than they already do which is like shit mission accomplished if that's like you know
3: yeah I have no idea if that's true or not but if so I don't I don't
0: don't think I don't think it is off the top (laughs) of my head but like you know I I think those guys are for real
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my only problem with this right is that like they're doing it just to piss people off like I wish that somebody was committed to doing this pink mask to turn somebody gay like I in the in the scientific illuminism chaos magic side of things like I want to see if you can make someone gay I would like to see that I want to see that ritual happen
3: yeah I'm curious
0: well it's very easy to claim a dead person's gay because like they can't come up and contend with you about it Huh. well, well in, in general they won't but for <laughs> the most part. She's, not, she's, she's not she's not giving, giving an interview for anybody <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah. in a very general way oh wow okay this
2: is the follow-up to that is uh mississippi police want to arrest the satanist who turned dead people gay <laughs> And
3: and did did they?
2: I don't know. It doesn't say if they actually got arrested or not, but I can't imagine that that would hold up in court. (laughs) Is there any, like, law against turning people gay with magic? Like... I don't, I feel like you could, I mean, you could maybe courts, like, you could fuck them up for a couple days by like, you know, arresting them for something like loitering yeah, or some shit put like that. In a holding cell. Yeah. Yeah. Like that'd be well, fucked I, up. I guess but at the end of the day, I feel like that would do more harm to desecration of a gay of
0: a, <laughs> of a gay site, no, of a, of a grave site maybe. But like, that would be implying they did something. They might if you just stood around the grave and said, uh you know, you are gay and then like, you know, left. I mean, that's not really a crime, is it? But, I just want
3: to know how they measure the results.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. How did you, how do you, because that's the whole point is like, if you can't point to what happened as a result, you know, then it's not really a magic ritual, is it? It's just, you know, you just did, you just did a thing. Uh, you know, Although is this a, is this like the, the Mormon thing where Mormons will like do, post, like, uh, posthumous baptisms and stuff?
2: Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's not, that doesn't
3: sound like fair game to me. Is uh, Is that something that, like, they do, do they do that just to, like, get their numbers up, or they do it because, like, the person's family requested it?
0: I think they do it to like just whoever I think they kind of like, <laughs> I, like I, I, tra- a
3: traveling band of people. that are like, oh, this guy didn't look like he was Christian in his lifetime. Let's get this. I, I, one know over here some,
0: like- I, I know. I know. I've read some things where it's like they've done it to people whose family really didn't take kindly to it. So uh, I don't yeah, know.
2: What, what's the deal with that? That That's they you know, need to go like cool. big if they want to do that sort of shit. Like we baptized common. Yeah, we baptized Karl Marx's
0: grave. Like. <laughs> we 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 went into the Kremlin where they have Lenin's body
2: on display. <laughs> He's Mormon. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh shit. Holy fuck. Okay. Uh, this one's from a couple years later. This is 2016. This is also Vice. Satanist call for investigation into satanic panic killing of eight-year-old boy. In 2010, Gigi Jordan killed her autistic son, claiming that she wanted to save him from a lifetime of torture and sexual abuse. According to activists from the Satanic Temple, a therapist she saw may have contributed to her satanic ritual-related panic. So, you know, that's something we've talked about on the pod a lot, is satanic panic. Probably just because yeah. it's relevant to us, I suppose. But I, I appreciate this, honestly. Like, it's... Because, like, you know, again, that was, like, the whole point of when Satanic Panic was at its heyday when shit like, you know, the, um, God, I can't remember the name of the school where, you know, they, the various, um... Interviewers convinced a bunch of children and asked them, "Like, well, what did they do to you?" Like, "Oh, well, they took us in a hot air balloon and they molested us and then they flushed us down the toilet and and for Satan and stuff like that."
0: There were tunnels. There were tunnels under the daycare where they, you know, people were chopped up and put into meat grinders and stuff like you know, just like things that were absolutely impossible. And that that also goes with the repressed memory crowd of therapy, which is an all but debunked science at this point i think the argument was like most sexual abuse victims actually repress it so you you could be walking around with that trauma and not even know it and what it turns into is is always a very similar and i'm guessing that's what happened with this with this particular therapist too is that they started talking to this kid and then feeding them certain things well no it was talking to the mother
2: because she murdered the kid apparently
0: Oh, um, okay. I, I thought it was a case of like the kids started getting fed certain things and saying, Oh, they were being abused, and it's like, Well, did they take you somewhere? Yeah, they took me somewhere. Now, when they went there, did were they wearing black robes? Like, yeah, they were.
2: Did they I mean it have it's a, just a, the SpongeBob you know. thing again? This person had a a clear mental health episode and thought that their child was gonna be subjected to ritual abuse by Satanist, probably because in Our modern society, as Louis told us earlier, we're still incredibly Christian, even if we're not, like, active practicing fucking Christians. People still think that the devil is the evil thing, right? So if you're going to have a mental health episode and think that, like, a horrible group of people are going to— Isn't that funny,
3: though? Isn't that funny that, like, people—it's not that people don't believe in God anymore. It's just that, like, like, they're not as, like—obviously, that's just—I don't know they're having trouble with with congregation numbers i guess i'll say but like people still seem to be superstitious enough of like the fact that the devil might be a thing you know well like, no yeah, that, oh, yeah. that's that, that's i feel like that's a potent commentary like you don't really believe in god as much as you believe in the devil i, I don't want to frame it like that because that might be like a no a little I mean, too exaggerated I, no but, but like,
2: I, here's the thing i completely agree with that
3: man because like it's it's more of a testament that fear is stronger than faith.
2: 100%. Really. Ex- that's what it is. Yeah. Well, you know, it's oh, like that's because no. that's exactly what it is. People would rather believe that there's an evil force out there that's going to fucking do horrible fucking things to them than they are to believe in like an omnipotent being that would care about them and love them or well, whatever.
3: That's also a commentary or a reflection of like the dichotomy between people's perception of like good and evil. Like people might think like not that many good things happen to me for believing in God because everything sucks. Well, it's like maybe culture teaches them that everything sucks. I don't know. And then and then you know you know but, but lots of bad stuff happens to me. And plus, the, there's also this superstitious like sketchy element where like people are not as familiar with Satanism, so that's subject to like but you know. Boogeymanism and like vague concepts, so so like so people don't like they're not as familiar enough to know that they can condemn it or like or like maybe like if you're not going to believe in the deity, then why would you believe in (laughs) another deity? You know, like just because they're not as familiar with it. So like the the fear of like the unknown kind of thing.
0: Well, I I think you hit it right on the head where it's like Satan is kind of the ultimate boogeyman. You know, to use the the thing I mentioned earlier, like the the horrible tentacled monster at the end of the universe where it's like, you know, that's, that's the devil. It's like that, that's somehow that there's a, an, an insanely powerful thing that's responsible for all the bad shit happening. And you can point to that and be like, that's evil.
3: Yeah. It's an but oversimplification. I, and that like, seems to be like where people like to lean for some reason. It's easier than accepting the fact that things are like a very complex net of like mechanisms that like yeah. who fucking knows why shit happens.
2: Not to get all academic here, but um, Harold Bloom, the literary critic, and I don't know, I'd call him a philosopher at this point, but that's a, you know, the point being, uh, Harold Bloom had this huge spiel about how he thought that 90 or 99% of Christians in America were actually Gnostics. And I kind of agree with that for no other reason than like what you said. It's like, I feel like most Christians in America particularly are completely indifferent to the idea that there's a god that takes care of them and loves them and that sort of thing but they're totally willing to believe that there are evil forces in the world that want to make bad things happen
3: Mm -hmm. yeah and it it depends on what you're referring to whether it's like the illuminati or like or just like a more mysticism but Mm -hmm. but yeah generally i i i agree based on what i've i've observed Mm -hmm. but uh you know people do still believe that there's some sort of you know what i consciousness or whatever might be
0: what it might be is a it's a really and and again this is a huge generalization but i feel like people are very comfortable with the idea of an all-powerful loving god that everything happens for a reason and he's got a plan for you but we're we're also we're yeah it's very easy but we're also like that is somehow coupled with the idea of like There is a, this is a sort of distant God. This is a God that is very far away from you. And you can't really, you know, he's in the, he's, he's in the, uh, the, the margins where you don't notice, but everything's really going according to plan. But we're also very comfortable with like a devil that is going to like show up at your door and punch you in the dick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like you're going to, you're going to look around, you you're, you flick off the light when you're about to go back up the stairs and you flick it off and the devil's right behind you. So you got to run.
3: Yeah. I mean, that could, that could be like a uh, Hollywood too.
0: Yeah. That's like that's, how that's many cool.
3: times, how many times do you see depictions of God in like in, in, in culture, like TV movies, whatever. Like. You know, Meanwhile,
0: every I, horror movie's got a a, a demon, a yeah. devil. I literally thinking
3: that. And because fear is pretty strong and they're feeding you imagery of it, it's like it's something that they're not familiar with from experience. You're really just like that strong fear is being fed by, you know, mostly fictional images. I, I don't know whether or not that's what it's actually like, but. That's what I imagine it's coming from.
2: No, I mean, yeah, actually, that's what I was thinking about when you were talking about that originally. It was like um, I was about to say that it's like people people believe in ghosts and poltergeists and stuff without actually having any sort of religious "quote unquote" theory or ideas behind it. Like they think that exactly they're one hundred (laughs) percent willing to believe in that sort of shit.
3: Right. This, but the same way that they're willing to believe that, like, like you can manifest things through thought. Or, or willing to believe that like there's a, a, a non-fictional version of the Force, like yeah, just, just again, just from experience, like just from experience alone. So like you know, maybe the fact that uh, congregations are having trouble, or, or like churches are having trouble keep congregations, is not because people are less spiritual, but just because they're less dogmatic. About organized religion, kind of thing, but like it's it's you know it's part of this this being part of this net is like part of the human experience. And if you're paying any attention at all, which really is all that's all it's about, you know, you could you could in, in my opinion, you could throw all the rituals away as long as you're being mindful. Like that's you're a magician either way. Um, as long as you're being mindful and you're coupling all of your experiences with introspective analysis, so that they're not wasted. And like this, of course, as you know, like things will keep happening to you um, until you learn what there is to learn from them kind of thing, whether that there's a mystic reason behind that or whether because there's like a pragmatic reason about that, but because you, you know, haven't realized anything that changed your behavioral patterns until it happens enough times that it hits you in the head like a brick kind of thing. But like, it's really all about just having experiences and, and and analyzing those experiences and learning what you could learn from them and growing as a person, like, and that all comes from being mindful. So like, you know, you could do no rituals, and as long as you're mindful, like you're 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 on the, the path.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Check out the big brain on Louie. To, I don't remember how to tie that back
3: into <laughs> what the hell I started talking about when I started talking about
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here sure. Sure. let's let's blast to the last of these headlines because the, I actually I should have gone I should have started from the more recent ones and worked my way backwards because that's where we got into the more interesting stuff because the The other ones I have are like Satanic Temple asked Boston to fly flag following u s. Supreme Court ruling. That's just a pretty basic thing of like, you know, hey, you can't tell us that we can't fly a Satanic flag while we're having an event because you guys are Christians or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you open
0: you open the door to let the Christians do it, so we should be able to do it, which again, totally fine. You know, I, I, I 100% get it.
2: Yeah. And then it's It's just literally actually like everything from the last year or two is like satanic suing Indiana over state near total abortion ban. What else we got? Satanic temple to fight Texas abortion law cites religious freedom. It it gives me art project vibes. You know what I
3: mean? (laughs) Like, like, I I feel like, like, like these, like uh, the, where they're coming from, uh, as a message, I can get behind. I guess like it's based, but I just don't like the cut of their jib for some reason. Oh yeah, like uh, mean, that's, like like, that... like if they were some other organization, like they could probably get much better results. But I think it's really just more about like the aesthetic of making a statement, which is like it's a it's a pretty cool vehicle, I'll say that. But like I I think that like you lose points as far as the effectiveness goes when like you you're intentionally inflammatory because like people don't like having their cage rattled and they're much less likely to try to understand something that they otherwise wouldn't have understood or thought about when when it's like coming in a way that rattles their cage so like you could win like you could win a thousand arguments and not make a difference but like you could have a hundred cases of respectful dialogue and possibly change one person and like that makes a much bigger difference than like winning a thousand arguments
0: well, maybe there's – maybe that's the issue too is that it's like there is a certain extent of like even if you could – I guess arguably you're making all these headlines and you you are raising all of these very good points about like, well, there's there seems to be a very uh, – because of the historical facts of how religion has been in this country, Christianity gets precedent in a lot of things and we let a lot of things fly that we wouldn't if it was a different religion – but you're not really winning anybody over. You're just, what a lot of these seem to come down to is that, is the, is the temple of Satan going to win a legal battle that says, all right, legally, you have to let us do this, but you haven't won anyone over on, a, on an opinion, and you haven't convinced anybody. What all these Christians are doing are, is now they're becoming emboldened by going, oh, well, we lost the battle against the literal devil. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I, res- <laughs> I respect the way that they're making you think about those messages, but and, and my, but I guess, I guess the the bone that I would pick is not not even just in the fact that they're probably not winning people over, but more in like now you're now you're taking somebody who's superstitious and having them mentally associate your message with Satan, and it's like Bingo. that's just now, now now they get to hide behind that and be like bodily rights are for satan <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: you, you know, like, like, well you know what the, uh,
2: as, as someone who's a pretty staunch leftist as everyone knows um it it reminds me of the optics arguments that a lot of people use because um i i've been called a tanky by a lot of people by implying that we need to be able to imp- we need to be able to appeal to the actual working class. I know that's a fucking crazy thought as a leftist. No, it's not. Uh, well, that's what I'm getting it's at. Not. there's, there's not. That's, that's,
3: that's actual woke. You want to talk about woke? <laughs> like that's real woke is realizing that there's, there's the content of what you say and then there's the delivery of what you say and they both have an equal weight over whether or not you actually convince somebody of something. Thank and you. And the only way that you're going to spread your – your school of thought is by onboarding people. So it has to be accessible. And, and getting under somebody's skin just because you get off on of making somebody feel like an idiot is never going to convert anybody into your belief system or make them give a second thought to it. They're just going to walk away thinking that, hey, I was right about those assholes. You're further polarizing things. Duh. It's a waste yeah. of breath. Thank like you. you should need to be Fucking selected about you. who you spend your breath on. Yeah. It's and not, the only and like not a and
0: waste I, of breath because it makes me feel like I'm the smarter person. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Take that to the bank, I guess. I don't know. Uh, you know, but like, no. and and people do, people do. Like the like, you know, people sell uh, self-righteous rage about like pre-existing opinions. Like that's one of the biggest industries. You know, they get a lot of clicks, mm-hmm. a lot of ad revenue like that. But like uh-huh. if you're actually trying to spread your message, like it's not so much that you should stoop down to pieces of shit level or whatever like they deserve to 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 your time or anything but like if you're actually trying to get somebody to think differently like you should do it in a way like that's like a respectful dialogue so that you both walk away with maybe some understanding of each other and like that's not going to happen as long as people get off on putting people down
0: yeah well and the other thing too is god forbid you talk to somebody you disagree with respectfully like they're a human being and then maybe you learn something that you didn't know from this person you know yeah Yeah. god
3: God forbid god forbid you not take it personally that they were subject to a different brand of propaganda than you were
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh louie i fucking love you (laughs) Um, Anyway, so uh, I'll I'll end on this little story here just because we brought up the leftist – well, correction, I brought up the leftist pick. I tried to unionize one of my workplaces, right? Based. And I was in the deep south, and you would be – in fact, not you specifically, but the royal you, but all of these, especially the – the urban liberal crowd would be shocked by the amount of people in the South that if you just talk to them about ideas in a very basic sense and don't use words like communism, don't use words like unions, don't mm, no use, buzzwords. Yeah, exactly. That's part of the rule. Don't sit there and talk to them about, like, hey, you know, the Republicans are doing this. If you just talk to them about the ideas they will all readily agree with you. You know how many people I had just sitting there going like, yeah, that's 100% real. Like that. this is exactly what it's like. If you just don't fucking default to your basic bitch political ideology bickering and just talk Mm -hmm. to them about like, hey, you know what would do better for workers in general? You know, the the normal person who's like working a job, trying to feed a family and shit, they will readily agree with you. But the minute you say something like, oh yeah, and you know, it's like, it's people like Donald Trump or Mitch McConnell and stuff, they'll instantly turn the fuck off. The minute you mention Bernie Sanders, as much as I, you know, fucking love the guy, they will fucking turn their brains off and immediately give up. And it's what you said. It's because they've been given a different kind of propaganda, and what's the smarter idea? That you talk to them about ideas and you try to bring them around to your way of thinking, or you get mad that they don't agree with the fucking people that you think are good.
3: Yeah, I mean that that's a that's a very available avenue to having dialogue is like removing buzzwords and using Socratic method.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> who would have thunk
3: that's, it? Yeah. Uh
2: yeah. All right. Well, with that, I guess it's time for the palate cleanser. And God, do we need it after this episode? So I get to ask two people this time and I'm pretty happy about it. How goes the work?
3: Oh man. Do I have to go first?
2: I'll
0: go first <laughs> if you want. <laughs>
3: yeah, go ahead. I need a second to okay. think about it.
0: Okay. Um, As far as my, I mentioned, I think in the last episode or the one right before that, I was doing a lot of work on my internal landscape of, I've been, I've been looking at, uh, certain behavioral patterns and thought patterns that have been going on that I'm not, you know, I'm not really happy with, uh, some, some dwelling on past mistakes sort of type stuff. So I did some work to try to, to cut those cords, you know what I mean? The, to sort of break away from things that it's like, all right, that stuff's in the past. It's, you know, I, I can't say that the repercussions aren't still around, but it's well past the breaking point I'm just gonna I need to I need to make some kind of uh, I need to get some kind of space between me and this issue and I need to stop thinking about it and it's worked mostly and it's it's interesting on a practical level how uh, doing weird stuff like going into a trance state and interacting on a symbolic level will have that subconscious implementation where it's like all right I you know I visualized this, and i i uh i did i i got myself in this mental state and i i conjured up these images and i did this and that actually translates to i don't think about this thing the way that i did you know i it's not anything earth-shattering but it's effective so you know i guess it's yeah
3: it doesn't have to be earth-shattering
0: yeah yeah so that's that's kind of what i've been doing it's uh i'm I'm right on the cusp of ending this one section of Libra K, and then I get to go into the ceremonial stuff, so uh, I'll need my Sith robe, (laughs) Louie. That's
2: great. That's all good shit, though. I mean, I I think, especially because we're a podcast that bags a lot on the psychological model of magic, I think people get the (laughs) the opinion that we're not, like, we have no desire to deal with our emotions and our fucking internal workings, but it's... It's good stuff and it's an underrated thing because I I truly believe that if you don't have a control of what's going on inside, at least to a point, you're not going to be able to do magic effectively. If you're constantly panicked by all of your internal emotions and all of your fucking, all the what ifs that keep you up at night and shit, you're not going to be able to do magic effectively because you're going to just sit there and be paranoid doing magic to try and fix all the terrible things that might happen.
0: Yeah, yeah you're, it, Well, or worse yet, it's going to it's gonna drain your energy in so many different directions, and you're worrying and you're anxious or you're dwelling not, about this or you're getting mad about that. You're not going to have the – you're not one, and that goes back to what Louis was talking about with mindfulness and being aware. It's like you can't be mindful and aware of what's going on if you're being pulled in every direction.
3: Yeah, if you're in a panicked state like that. Yeah. Layers <laughs> on too many things over your true self and like you're yeah. distracted.
2: All right, Louie, what about you?
3: Um to be honest, I've had something that's been like a big obstacle in the way of my path for a while and like uh, mostly in the form of work to be honest with you. And um like like my job, like income, actual work like gotcha. uh, like yeah, so I I have, I've bought a few books recently that like I've read a little bit of and I've been like trying to basically do research more than I've been like practicing per se. Like I need to get back into the, into the routine of meditating more often and, and, and things of that nature. So like, I guess I've taken, I'm in, I'm in one of those pockets where like I'm kind of taking a break, but also still immersed in it from like an intuitive, synchronistic Uh, Mm -hmm. respect but it's not so much actively practicing but on that side of actively practicing instead I'm like actively researching while also straightening out some things at work that I guess have been blocking me for a while which is like a necessary thing to have to do in order to return to that so in, in expectation that I will be returning to that I'm trying to do some research at the same time so that i i you know have a better grasp or or like a wider array of things that i can come back to when i'm ready to practice again um after i do some things to address some of the obstacles so i guess in, in a way still doing the work in some respect it's definitely like part of the path but it's like a Partially a break from the path, which is part of the path. I mean, the river still reaches the sea.
2: <laughs> nah, Louie, I I one hundred percent vibe with that in almost a synchronistic kind of way because um, for the last like few weeks, work—you know—the actual fucking daily grind work kind of bullshit has been that's that's it's, it's the it's exact same thing. It's been a complete drain on my ability to do the work and. I've I've managed to keep up my normal daily practice kind of shit, you know, which, but it's not much. And what I've really gotten into is being very reactive, trying to do works to deal with like the issues that I have at the moment. And I won't say it was right this moment that I realized it, but it was um, definitely the lead up to this that I kind of realized that like, you know, you've been reading a lot and you've been... <sighs> trying to do ritual and such whenever you have the available time, especially when you feel like it was a huge thing that you need to do right this second. I, I, I've been trying to personally straighten out things on the material level so I can get back to the work that feels meaningful and purposeful for myself. No,
3: it's not wasted time. If you're spending time figuring out how to roll out the red carpet.
2: Fuck right. 100%. Yeah. Um, the, the only big thing I did is uh, during the eclipse, I took on an initiation in a way that the authorities of that initiation would probably not approve of. But, hey, you know what? If you guys make a, a uh, video of an initiation ritual, you need to remember that this uh, video could be viewed by people that weren't there at the time. So, you know what? Uh-huh. Hate to tell uh-huh. you this, but you just gave me that initiation. Hate it for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> with that, this has been Chaos Magic News, All and right. it has been a pleasure serving with you.
1: It's been an honor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: As always, if you are part of a satanic operation driven entirely by optics, maybe, just maybe, try talking to somebody.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, little dialogue.
2: So if you want more from us, you can find us at chaosmagicnews.com, where we have articles, links to the pod, interviews with some of the best and brightest in the field today. We're on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Chaos magic News. You can pretty much find whatever you need from us from there. And with that, because we have a guest, Louie, would you like the last word?
3: Um Oh boy this is so much pressure uh, there's so many different types of words um,
0: Wait, wait 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 guys we forgot to plug the super male vitality supplements can we oh dial it back
3: i, I look i i don't i can't keep paying these monthly payments i have a whole storage unit full of gas station big bills i'm not I, i'm i'm not i don't they work i'm they work by them that's, I don't need to expand the planet. They do exactly what they think, what you think that they do, um, but help me because I, uh, this is really eating into my monthly budget. Um, they're just
0: gonna end up out in the woods with critters.
3: Yeah, you know, honestly, if anything, do it so that you don't have critters ravaging your gardens because they're all out there full torque right now if I dump all this stuff in the woods. Which I'm not saying I'm gonna do, but it could—it would be a shame if that happened.
2: Oh All right, folks, oh. we'll see you next time.
3: You wanna fight the system, you gotta farm your own crops and like, there might be a problem if I have to dump these in the woods. And, and the raccoons and possums are full torque. And the squirrels, the groundhogs, you've seen the videos.
1: Okay,
2: okay. alright, bye thank bye, you. Folks. <laughs> oh my god! A financial investment will yield you returns beyond your hopes. That's not a fucking fortune, man. It's not! <laughs> Give me like it a is. little
3: give me like a little it's. Confucian one-liner, you know? That's what I want. <laughs> give me well, some stoicism.
0: I mean, if it's if it has anything to do with a, a warehouse full of gas station dick pills, I mean that might be a good fortune to get it.
2: I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy it, fuck. it's
3: a sign. It's a sign. It is. It's Everything so- happens for a reason, sparkle emoji. <laughs>